Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am Todd Oxtra, your solo host today. Charlie is on a journey. He started a new job. He's uh, back doing a show. I wanted to give him a week off just so he could catch up and get get his wind and just really get back to reality. So this week, though, um, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of cool things, and it's about damn time that I have brought in someone that I go way back with podcasting, and we just have not been able to align our schedules, and that is Mr. Corey Deering Hudson. And Corey, you are from the Boss Rush Media Group. It's all podcasts. You are a host. You're a producer. You do all the video and audio editing. You do all the designs, the logos. I mean, it's a fantastic what you do with all of the cool folks you work with and all the different shows you've started with. Um, and basically, you're on Twitter. Uh, you're everywhere. And you're constantly doing a great job of getting your content out there in different ways and just and also highlighting other people that you're fans of. So I'm so glad you're on the podcast today. So, Corey, uh, thank you for being on. Um, we had a little bit of snafu at first, but I'm glad this is <laughs> yeah. actually happening. Yeah, I'm I mean, we we go way, way back. Like, I know this is my first time on this show proper. I, I was I think I was on probably like three or four years ago when you, you had a bunch of people in the gaming space before you started co-op mode with Mark. Uh, and I was on one of those shows, but never on SFU proper. So I'm, I schedules just did. They finally aligned. We're here. I'm glad because Todd, you're one of my favorite people. I look at secret friends unite all the time. And I'm just like, for whatever you want to call this space that we're in the indie pods or whatever people are calling us like, I I seriously hold Secret Friends Unite as like the gold standard of how to start small, build upon things, build upon things, build upon things. And now Holocon Chronicles, co-op mode, uh, the the Star Trek show that I'm sorry, Charlie, okay. I, don't, I don't listen to. I don't, I don't watch Star Trek. What is it? Uh, Code 47. Code 47. Very yes. good. OK, yeah. thank you. I uh, I I love you guys so much. I love Secret Friends Unite. I love the community you've built. I love I love you and Mark and Charlie. You know, it's it's you guys are wonderful. And I'm I'm humbled that I'm here. And it's exciting. So. You know, and that is a big part of what this is all about. I mean, uh, doing this for 338 episodes. And it's funny because at times we had to skip weeks and different things. So we'd probably be even higher if we didn't do that. But I think about all of the people I've met through different spaces, through podcasts, and it becomes like almost incestuous. You you meet somebody, you meet somebody, and you form these relationships, and it's really awesome. And and I remember, you know, kind of helping you guys out at the very beginning on uh, Nerds Gone Rogue and all of those mm -hmm. things, and we just had a blast. So yeah, I'm, was, I'm glad we're out to do this, you know? I know. I uh, It's it, it's just like an interconnected web. Like, it's it's bigger friends. It's It's us. It's like... It's Sean Capri and that and his group. It's just like this whole huge inner web of of awesome people that just make cool stuff on the Internet. And it's it just makes me happy to see everybody getting their stuff out there. And uh, like I said, I think I I think SFU is like the top of the pyramid, so to speak, uh, in terms of growing the content in a natural, fun way. So 
Well, thank you, Corey. This has been fantastic. It's funny because I met in real life one of your co-hosts last year before everything shut down. That was Edward Varnell uh, in Chicago out of the blue. We oh, met. geez. And, and, I, and I probably <laughs> owe Ed a guest spot on SFU. Just has never happened before. So um, that's probably got to happen because Ed and I go way back too. So it's it's just been fantastic that we've all been able to group. So, But, you know, enough of the love fest, Corey, because I, I talk all the time. But people don't know you very well. So beyond what you do in the podcasting space, how did you become the geek you are today? Uh, well, sorry, Charlie, I'm bringing a video game into this, but it will get to get to other things. Uh, my my dad brought an Atari 2600 home uh, when I was really young. I would say probably three. It's one of my very first memories. Actually, I tell I tell the story a lot. Um, which is funny because we used to sit on the floor and play Atari all the time. Me and my dad, we would play Kaboom and, uh, you know, Donkey Kong and the really bad version of Pac-Man. And uh, we'd sit there on the floor. And uh, and since since the Atari, my dad has never touched a video game since. Right. I tried to get him to play Wii Sports with me. It didn't go very well for me. He, he was actually really good at bowling. Uh, but other than that, like he just had no interest in games. Uh, and then my grandma bought me a Game Boy, and I feel like that was really what became really into not just games, but other things like Ninja Turtles is probably the property that got me into, you know, geekdom, I guess you would say. Uh, Ninja Turtles, X-Men, uh, and from there, just collecting a ton of toys and, and reading comics and playing video games, and that's... Kind of where I started, and then you know, from there, kind of, well, what can I do creatively with that? Because uh, I also used to paint and draw a lot, um, and then that this all this stuff kind of happened, and here we are. And you're also a huge Disney geek too. I mean, yeah, just, that's a big passion of yours. Yeah, and it's funny because like all the things that I like now are owned by Disney. So <laughs> Star Works Wars, out. Marvel, uh, Pixar. You know, all the all the all the major properties that are now owned by Disney. So it works out. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I I think my first comic book was. Uh, it was I forget what issue it was, but it was an X-Men comic. I remember the cover distinctly. It was like it was thicker than a normal comic book cover. It was really shiny and it had like uh, probably some hologram on the front. Wolverine was missing a hand. Uh I, it's probably still at my parents' house somewhere, and I just I remember it so distinctly. Um, uh, Rogue was in the back. Uh, Jean, Professor. I, the issue was like Professor X was missing, and they had to go. I oh, man, the X Men in the nineties, so good. And Fox just kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> I don't think I have to tell the audience what Fox did to the X Men. No, they kind of lucked in when they actually made a good film. It was the rest of the bad ones that were kind of like, yeah, you proved yourself. So, but you know what? We got the cartoon. We got some good movies out. We got huge Jack, Hugh Jackman. And now we're going to see what Disney does with them. So I, I'm excited to see wherever this ship goes and yeah. we'll hopefully find out soon. I I wonder, and I know it's we're not really talking about that, but I wonder what Disney's going to do with the X-Men because the rumor is they actually introduced a mutant already into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Ursa Ursa Major, I think, is who they exactly. Introduced. Yep. Uh, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, but 
Uh, so, and then in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they went to uh, the Mutant City, technically. Oh, right? yes, yes, the Madripoor, and that's a lot. Yeah, Madripoor. That's, that's, and actually Wolverine introduced that place because he actually went undercover as a guy named Patch, where he looked like James Bond, which is funny because... He looks like Wolverine, but he's got a patch and wearing a tuxedo. So very, we're very undercover. <laughs> very, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, it's like when uh, Raphael and Ninja Turtles put on the trench coat to go watch a movie, right? Just absolutely, yeah. It, you know, it, being undercover is very easy. We we overcomplicate it. You know, just do whatever you want. Put a baseball Super, cap and man his glasses, right? Corey, it would be like you turning your hat around, right? Yeah, we wouldn't even know who I it can, was. I can do that for this audience. <gasps> really. Oh this. my goodness! Watch this, folks. Now you have now you have two guests on this show. Right? I don't know who. Wait, who are you? Where did where did Corey go? I don't know what's happening. I could flip my my bill up like that. That's what the like, cool streamer kids do these days, right? Oh they, my they, goodness! Like a belly, like old bicycle hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, folks, uh, folks, your, somebody new, your, come on. Yeah. <laughs> ask your son who who he watches on Twitch and see if he does this. God, I don't even want to go there. Oh, well, um, but it, Corey's wearing a Cleveland hat and he put it on backwards. He's it's like his, his Clark Kent glasses. It's really good disguise. So, well, you know what? We could talk about that. But I think something cooler, Corey, that we've talked about is the uh, issue of the comic that is the same of this episode. And that is the Mighty Thor issue 338. This came out December 1983 for 60 cents. You get to see Thor battling Beta Ray Bill. And for the audience, I did something first ever. I actually printed the cover so people could actually see it. So there you go, folks, even though it's kind of hard to see because, you know, I have a background. But there you go. You can see it. That's worth like 10 cents. Um, yeah. Uh, so we've got this. And a little background. Beta Ray Bill was an alien that was able to pick up Thor's hammer and essentially be worthy and become this hero in Thor's costume and actually beat up Thor pretty badly. Um, and it was just a, such a weird idea and concept. And this is really where Thor and the comics got really weird and interesting. We got Thor Frog a couple issues later. Uh, it was an iconic run by Walt Simonson. The artwork started really standing out. It didn't look dated Marvel. It really did some interesting things with storyline, brought in Surtur, uh, Curse, um, a lot of those things you saw in Thor Ragnarok came directly from this guy. So I, I just think it's so great. And Beta Ray Bill is a great character that I would love to see brought in. Um, he eventually just, got it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh I was going to say, I wonder if in Thor Love and Thunder, that, that seems like with the cosmic side, it seems like the perfect place to introduce them, especially if you kind of want to oh, yeah. keep the, co- if you want to keep like Thor going or. You know, if Natalie Portman and, and Chris Hemsworth decide to book it one day and like you still kind of want that Thor style character like Beta Ray Bill would be kind of perfect to just shove in there with the cosmic side of stuff. Right. Like, oh, yeah, he's he's a really fun character and they've been doing some interesting stuff in the comics with them lately. He did get his own uh, hammer uh, as well. And, and then in, in the weird like 90s, they did like a Thunderstrike group where it was weird Thors that looked extreme. And it, it's just a bad idea. But this still really, really just makes me nostalgic for this is my era of Thor that I really loved it. And Thor is one of he's probably my favorite solo Marvel character, along with with uh, Wolverine. I have a, a, a Molnir tattoo that looks exactly like his hammer uh, his as he has it in the comic so big thing for me so this comic though folks is great run one of the best runs on thor and thor has some really had great runs lately it's all in marvel unlimited 
um, or go and find an issue in your uh, backlog from your local comic book shop. But with that, Corey, I think it's time for us to get into the meat of the show. So now how we do that, we turn to our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Corey. I have Madam Webb has a great deal for you. She oh knows you've got two little kids, and she is trying to make some scratch in retirement. Her Confederacy widow pay got oh, cut. Geez. So if you need a babysitter who's not very attentive, not very strong, and may drop your kids, she's available. Mm. That sounds like a sounds like a good deal. Can't kill you for that. <laughs> I, I didn't upsell it, did I? Thanks, Madam Webb. Appreciate you and your well, you know robot voice. I, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I should be confused or turned on or just kind of creeped out. I don't know. Madam Webb is just she's Madam Webb. She she, she prefers to be auto tuned, Corey. That's what it's about. Yeah, hmm. it's fine. Oh well. Just just keep it in your back pocket if you need your you and the wife need to get away. We all know that as parents, we all need to get away. Oh, well, at this point, though, we're going to talk about the news of the week. So the first story is near and dear to my heart. And I know, Corey, um, the Avatar franchise, and this is not the Jim Cameron one. This is the Nickelodeon animated series, which spawned an M. Night Shyamalan movie, which was horrible, mm. then spawned a sequel that happened in the future called Korra. Um, and it's just a great series, a fantastic universe about a group of, of people called benders and they basically bend the elements and they can use those to fight. And it's all about this. Basically their society is divided between all of these, these tribes, the water tribe, the air tribe, rock mm-hmm. fire. And it's, it's really a great storyline and it's done in books, essentially versus chapters, whatever you want to call them. And it just is fantastic. And I love the way that an animated series at the time on Nickelodeon actually got to tell some really compelling stories, develop some awesome characters and, got to see its vision throughout. You don't see that much with, you know, Disney Channel or things like that, where they mm-hmm. do an arc and they tell a whole story, kind of like our modern television. This is before that kind of became popular, too, like with Breaking Bad and things like that, where you got the whole arc. So um, this is kind of surprising, but I can understand why it's happening. It's just interesting that this is a Nickelodeon property and it's going to Netflix versus right, why, is it, why is it? Yeah. Paramount Plus, right? That's yeah, that's, that's where Viacom, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which is funny because, like, a, a side tangent here about Paramount Plus, but like they just did that huge deal with South Park, and it's just like well, I wouldn't. And if South Park, the series is on HBO Max, so like, I don't know. Wouldn't it just make sense to keep every? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, South Park's part of Viacom, which is Comedy Central, which is Paramount right. Plus. So it's yeah. So it's like all these old deals that got made. It just yeah, you start seeing these weird things. Yeah. It's even why like Marvel movies still don't always aren't always like I think the first Captain America maybe and Iron Man are on Paramount Plus because Universal, uh, I guess like distributed those movies before mm-hmm. the Disney and the, Hulk, so, the Incredible Hulk too. Yeah. Like because Incredible Hulk still isn't on Disney Plus. And the Spider-Man movies aren't on Disney Plus because obviously Sony did that deal with Netflix. So the Spider-Man movies are going to be on Netflix. And then Incredible Hulk is on, I think it's on Hulu. Sure. Yeah. But the She-Hulk series is going to be on Disney Plus. So I I don't understand any of this. I don't know. It's, I don't, why do we have so many streaming services, first of all? 
Like, because they're all greedy, Corey. They all of these mega networks want to get money from us directly. God. It's just Sony. Gosh. Sony's the only one that doesn't have a network right now, and I think we're gonna maybe get that with PS Plus as a like it's it's gonna be Crunchyroll and all these. Things. So we don't know, but as right now, this is the what we've got. Enjoy what you can. Yeah, and juggle your services. That's Remember all when I can it was recommend. just Netflix, and it was so nice. Oh, people Everything thought that was going to last forever. I could cut the cord, not pay for anything, and it's only ten bucks a month on Netflix. I'm saving all this money. And then it was like, and then it was Hulu, and it was like, oh well, I guess Hulu makes sense because it's, it's TV. three or four companies yeah. coming together to distribute their TV shows, and that's that's fine. But then everybody divested, and Disney bought the rest. Oh, and then we just had what HBO Max and Discovery Plus are together. It's yeah. not going to end anytime soon. We're hearing more consolidation because and people then, just want to catch up. And then Apple TV, right? Yeah. Like, and like Ted Lasso is saving that. For, uh, oh, I know service. that Mythic Quest are the only shows I watch. Well, I also watch are watching Schmigadoon, which is great. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Just just go where your heart takes you, apparently. But oh. uh, going back to this, um, we do have now casting on this and the cast looks great. That was one of the big problems with the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, Avatar is heavily influenced by Asian culture and they basically cast non Southeast Asians in those roles. Mm-hmm. And people felt like, what are you doing? You know, and so nowadays, but that was, I think that was like 10 years ago. So yeah, I was going to say, there wasn't as much heat on that. They did that with ghost in the shell too, right? With Scarlett Johansson too. Everybody was so Dragon Ball movie. Yeah. 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 It didn't work out. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. but we're, we're a little bit more conscious about these things. It makes more sense. So the cast looks fantastic. I think these are almost Mm -hmm. all unknowns or they've done small things. We've got, um, the cast looks great, but, um, Albert Kim is going to be the showrunner. Uh, we've got um, some other folks, Dan Lin, who did the Lego movie, um, and then apparently Lindsay Libtor, who's doing the reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger, which is so weird. And then Michael Goy, uh, American Horror Story. They're all um, basically the, the the geniuses behind this. Uh, the showrunners uh, the of Avatar are also involved in this, I believe, as well, which is good. That's good. That's good. It's always good to get the creatives in there, like the original creatives in there, I feel like. So, yeah, because uh, I mean, they're doing that with the uh, the Last of Us HBO show. Uh, they're getting thank God creative team in there. So versus uh, versus the Uncharted movie, which we don't mm, have to talk about. Yeah. Mm, no pass. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we've got the cast. Gor- uh, Gordon Cormier, adorable little kid as Aang. Uh, I, this girl named Kaya Wentio, which sounds like it's like that one. You would just get one name as Katara. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Ian Owsley as Sokka. Um, and then we also got Dallas Liu as Prince Zuko. Um, yeah, these are great cast members. I'm really excited about this. Um, let's see. Do we have a date when this is coming out? You know what I like about this cast, too, is like you look sometimes when they cast a, a movie like this, you look at that and you're like, man, these kids look like they can't carry a movie. These this cast looks like they could carry a franchise, right? This looks like yeah. if this is successful, there's going to be probably like three or four of these movies. Uh, just yeah, I mean, I, I'm assuming this is going to be. I don't know how they're going to adapt it. It's going to be. It's going to be a series, so yeah. I don't know if they're going to do the same like structure like in seasons, like the show. Mm-hmm. If they want to go longer, they're going to have to do something else because I think the original Avatar only was four seasons long. Mm-hmm. But it was also 22 episodes per season, so mm-hmm. things are a little different now. Yeah, but Netflix usually goes about 
what six to twelve episodes a season for yeah. their stuff. So I yeah. think I think that'll be all right. Because like, just I, I mean, I know this is just like a promotional image, but I don't know if you saw the promotional image for that new Home Alone movie, which looks terrible. Oh, with uh, Kimmy Schmidt in yeah. the lead, or or she's the parent. Yeah, she's that looks the weird. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like that, like. I feel like they're doing this right where that is just like they what what are you what are you doing? What what are you doing? So it's all about the content, Corey. Just gotta yeah, start putting content out there regardless it. if it's good or bad. I get it, but you're Disney. You have thousands of other properties to go back yeah. on, and those movies are already on Disney Plus. So uh, anyways, this cast looks great. I I've been meaning to watch uh, the last airbender for a long time because people always recommend it to me. They're like, it's kind of anime, but it's mo- it's more westernized. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a western property. I think you would really like it. So I've I've been tra- I've been it's on my list. I started watching with my wife, and we both loved it. So maybe something you and your wife could actually enjoy. Yeah, I've gotten into things that I didn't think she would like. So, and it's very kid friendly. So even around you, your kids are very young, but even around the kids, you could watch it around the kids. And I think that'd be something as a family you could probably enjoy if they can sit still for two seconds. <laughs> That's the challenge, right? Good luck. Yeah. So I'm excited for this. Um, they didn't specify a date, but I'm guessing 2022 if they're just revealing cast now. So um, I'm excited for this, man. Netflix is just nailing a lot of the, the licensed properties. So I'm, I'm uh, people say, what's Netflix good for? Well, as of right now, they're putting out some really good content that I really enjoy, like Castlevania, The Witcher. We're getting I think that Witcher animated special is actually out this week as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll be watching mm-hmm. that. So, I mean. Nobody else is making content like this because um, Disney isn't going to do something well, like this because they don't own it. I think I think Netflix knows that they have to pull some big punches because they're losing all the things that people used to go to Netflix for. Right. Like The Office was a big one. Friends was a big mm-hmm. one. Seinfeld was a big one. Uh, and and once Disney put out Disney Plus last year, they lost a lot within the last year. Like, I think the only Disney properties left on Netflix are, are the Indiana Jones movies, which is like. I, I watch those pretty frequently and I'm just like, where are these coming to Disney plus? Uh, oh, I think those are also on Paramount plus. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, so. I think. And I think it's just then the what the original Netflix Marvel shows, which I'm mm-hmm. curious to see when those will transfer over to. So, yeah, well, uh, I think I think Netflix just owns those shows. But if they were like Disney owns the characters now, but I think Netflix just owns the shows, So they'll be on Netflix in perpetuity. But if Disney Disney buys them, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that first season of Daredevil and the Punisher, you really think that's going to be on Disney Plus at some point? No, I think it would actually go over to Hulu. Like they have the the Modoc show. I think they would put this because those are more mature. I don't think those fit the Mm -hmm. Disney Plus mode, to Mm -hmm. to be honest. Punisher does not fit. No, no, Mm. you're absolutely right. Yeah, Uh, so that's good. That's a good point. Um, Next, we're getting into the MCU. Um, we haven't heard much about this show, but we are getting Moon Knight. Um, and Moon Knight is a very interesting character. Charlie, I've read the comics back in the day. We've talked about the character himself. He is such a weird origin. So quite honestly, Disney could really do anything with this character and not really say no one could really complain that this isn't canon unless they say he's a space alien who, you know, is married to a bear. I mean, that's that's not the only way they could say this isn't but, true to the character. I mean, to be fair, one of his personalities could be a space alien. That's it could to be a bear. who likes bears. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's bear curious. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. That wow. 
do that. Yeah. So, um, but Oscar Isaac is in this film, or no, this is a series um, as Moon Knight. Moon Knight is essentially Mark Spector, who was a mercenary, a bad dude, was left for dead in Egypt, and he essentially was resurrected and saved by the Egyptian god Khonshu. I don't know if Khonshu is a real god or not. But let's just go with it and assume he is brought him back to life and he essentially became the fist of country, basically the the arm of the God to right wrongs and 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 do the right thing. And he's like the opposite of Batman because he's all white um, and he uses the moon. So he's not afraid to be uh, seen versus Batman wants to be hidden. So that's kind of his origin. But over time, he's been insane. He's worn a suit. Um, he's been all over the board. Um, and his new series is pretty interesting, but yeah, so it's, it's, he's not really, and he's never had really like a long running comic book series. So in a lot of ways, there's a lot of ways they could go with them and do whatever they want. And I don't think it, they'll make people mad, but Oscar Isaac is a great pick for this role because it's a great, he can do a lot with it. If they want to go crazy go crazy. Um, there's not a lot of iconic villains with Moon Knight, not a lot of iconic storylines, um, but he has, I believe, been in the Avengers. He's been with the occult side of Marvel back in the day with uh, Werewolf by Night. So there's a lot of ways you could go. And he's got a supernatural bent. And we're getting Blade in the future, too. So that's another area where he could team up. Uh, but we got this initial, we think, is a costume, which I'm yeah. really impressed by. Yeah, it looks very well, how do you say comic accurate? Uh, it's very like it's very it's very white. It's very uh, he's got the the glowing eyes and the mat like the, in the hood and the the chest piece looks pretty good. It's just it looks good. I think the costume looks great if this is real, you know, it's it's very texture. Kind of reminds me of in like Spawn. Remember mm-hmm. that Spawn movie? Like it's yeah. very like veiny. <laughs> how could but I forget I, yeah. that Spawn movie? <laughs> John Leguizamo as the clown. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is kind of interesting. And Marvel typically, when they do a lot of their costumes, they're very subdued. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's got the theme of it, but if they don't go all it, in. It feels like only very recently have they been experimenting with going all the way with it, right? It. Uh, I think I was actually quite surprised when I was watching WandaVision at the end mm-hmm. that they actually gave her the the oh, crown yeah. and the. You know, like, but still that that version of the costume was very subdued and very just kind of like instead of this bright red and pink costume, it was like that dark maroon and just kind of very elegant looking. Right. And uh, yeah, I I've been actually kind of impressed with some of the the costume design that Marvel's going for now. Uh, This one is it looks good. I this actually has me quite excited. A friend friend of our friend, I don't. I think he's been on the show a couple of times. Josh Finney, who I do mm-hmm. our our Destiny show with, he's like over over the moon about Moon Knight. Like he loves Moon Knight. So um, when he showed me these pictures earlier, that's why I brought it up in our chat. Oh, okay. And I was like, man, this looks really good. I'm actually quite excited for this now. I think this is going to be cool. And I think the great thing about Marvel is so far with their series they have not been scared to do some really interesting things. I think uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the most by the numbers. It kind of yeah. just felt like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I thought it was it was still well worth watching, but it just didn't 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 like, oh, that's compelling. I mean, yeah. Loki and WandaVision were way more experimental and over the top, oh, yeah. I feel like, than that. As much as I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I loved it. It was definitely a, 
oh, this just feels like a six hour Marvel regular Marvel movie instead of what they're doing with the other shows. It felt like what the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should have been. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so I'd rather get more of that than more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But that's just my two cents. But oh, well, uh, that's a different age and date. We're in a different era. And I really like what Marvel's mm-hmm. doing. So, uh, so far, I mean, this is going to be neat once again trying new things um as of right now no premiere date but yeah this is going to be another thing where i think a lot of people are going to be like surprised by it and marvel continues to introduce characters um and they can do it in a tv series which means Mm -hmm. you can really take a lot of chances and they're not afraid now to bring these characters from tv Mm -hmm. into the plus like plus like i think first of all like the tv realm gives you a lot more room to experiment with things uh smaller budget uh you know they could although disney's been spending a Jillion dollars on these shows but also i think what's interesting with moon knight in particular isn't his thing he has multiple personalities and yes. like they could almost do a similar thing that they did with wandavision and each sh- show could be like a different personality thing or different you know trait or whatever and, and yeah what's he doing really, yeah yeah really interesting thing so yeah he uh, could be a spy one episode he could be a, a cat that was one that was one storyline he was a cab a cab driver. Like oh, so really? Weird. He could be an Uber driver. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, I'm yeah. I'm sure there will be a nod in there that he's dr- like he's uses a car as an Uber to catch a villain or something. I'm sure that'll be in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, more to come. And Isaac, Oscar Isaac, he's fantastic. He's tr- slowly becoming this really Uber geek guy who does all these cool roles. So I love that these good actors now are finally just embracing it and just realize this is money to be made. It's good content. Uh, more to come. So uh, mm-hmm. can't wait for this. So next, though, we've got a weird thing that I just did not expect. And that is we're getting a class, one of the classic horror films, uh, Night of the Living Dead. And they're making an animated version of it. Um, I watched the trailer. I don't know if you've, you've seen any of this at all, Charlie or, or uh, Corey, but it doesn't look the best animation, but I can see what they're going for because yeah. the living dead was never a high end movie anyways. Mm-hmm. And it seems to fit the bill. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I feel like it's interesting that they're trying the animated thing, right? Cause it's usually, it's usually people trying to take the animated thing and turning it into the live action thing. You never, it's very rare that you see the other way around. Although, you know, we're kind of our main topic tonight is kind of absolutely that, but, uh, I don't know. I, to, to me, it just it kind of feels like the zombie thing is really played out at this point. And I think I don't know really who this is for, except for maybe fans of of Night of the Living Dead, you know, and, you know, I don't, I don't know what the budget is on this or, or what. But uh, I don't know. But I mean, look, people are really into, you know, people keep saying superheroes are played out. And guess what? Marvel's more popular than ever. Uh, Amazon's trying a whole bunch of things with the boys and Invincible, right? And and DC's trying. Uh, I I tried. I tried to. It's okay, Corey. I tried. It's okay. Uh, gosh, that Snyder cut, man. Oh yeah, no, no, you no, no. We don't have to. We don't have to acknowledge it. It's perfectly uh, fine. But I, I mean, like this, I I just feel like this is kind of that way. But also. Walking Dead was still the biggest TV show like two years ago. And I just there's an audience for it. And maybe this will be big in a way that I just don't understand because I'm kind of tired of the zombie thing. But uh, but yeah, like like you said, the animation looks good. I'm I'm really into 
interesting animation instead of always just like the super clean cut Disney style animation. Make sure every little thing is perfect and placed perfectly and Easter egg over here and oh, the wind is blowing. So you need the leaves to blow this way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really interested to see people take risks and do different things with animation, even if it's not the cleanest. So uh, that's probably what I'll be looking at when I see this. Uh, looks good, though. Yeah, it's it's by Warner Brothers. They're basically, and this is coming out ranked time for Halloween. So this once again gives people something to look forward to. And quite honestly, the property is very old. And if this gets people to view the original, which is considered, you know, the godfather of zombie films and kind of kickstarted that, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So let's yeah, see. So I, I mean, it could be good. Could yeah. Be good. And, and as of right now, it's a Blu ray. Um, and I'm assuming this will come to, oh, it is coming to streaming platforms as well, exactly. So you can just digital rental and, and play it there. So if you want to do that, not get a uh, disc. So check that out, Night of the Animated Dead. Um, then we move on to something else I didn't expect, and that is, I know what you did last summer, getting brought back as a TV series. We had Scream brought back as a TV series, which I think it finally stopped. Now they're going back to the movies. This is the mm -hmm. opposite way. Um, and this is from Amazon. Um, Amazon, I I don't know if they're trying to market. I mean, they've been hit or miss with their animated and or, or with their, um, their original properties and movies mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think they just yeah. need something that's going to be recognizable, get people in. And with this, um, we had Netflix doing their Fear Street trilogy, which was really huge for them. Yeah, Maybe this is where they it's play. Really it's, yeah. it's great. We we enjoyed it fully and just love the way they took that just mm -hmm. three movies, one each week, and it was great versus everything dropped at once, which built up some anticipation. Right. Um, so Amazon, I believe they drop weekly, like mm -hmm. um, like the boys and uh, well, it's, it's it's like chunks of episodes weekly right because like i remember the boys the second season started with like three episodes sure okay couple, right i i don't know i don't watch a lot of amazon and by the time i get to it all the episodes are out anyway so i just kind of get to binge it but. yeah and, and that's what sometimes i forget i watch a couple and then i forget and then i'm like oh i can watch it all now which is nice yeah. too um this is interesting though apparently it is coming out um well, so apparently it's coming on Amazon Prime on October 15th, um, but it's coming out weekly and the finale won't happen until November 12th. But that's a good thing because at least it's before Halloween that you can start watching it. I mm -hmm. hate it when like scary things come out like like Luigi's Mansion is was the, my biggest pain. It came out like on Halloween. I'm like, you gave me no time to play it in advance. I got to <laughs> do trick or treating. I got all of the other things that I can't just play Luigi now. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. This looks interesting. I remember I don't I don't really do horror movies, but I do remember uh, when I know what you did last summer came out and my people convinced me to go see it because everybody knew I had a crush on Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was like, man, this was a mistake. This was a <laughs> this, was, this was a mistake. I don't I don't do horror. It's just not a great movie. What am I doing? Uh, but I mean, man, I don't know if it's if they do it right, it could be good. But like, I don't know. I don't know. Scream failed. Right. Uh, what was that? What was that one that you really liked a couple years ago? That was kind of like 
horror but more comedy. It was about a bunch of girls. It wasn't what Sabrina was the Teenage Witch, was it? No. no. Oh, I forget. It was only on for like a, two seasons, I think. Oh, I remember listening to these episodes and I just can't remember. Oh, what boy. Uh, I like a lot of things, so I know <laughs> that's a hard, that's a hard ask. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've been, I've, I've, I've lost my heart for many shows that didn't last. Oh uh, man, I for, I forget what the show was called. It'll I, come to you later. It will. It'll come to us after, after and we're I'll done get recording sad because you remind me how it failed. Yeah, but yeah, I but, mean, I, I think, I think if they do it right, I think they could be okay, but. Yeah, I mean, and the premise is still, it's pretty easy premise. I mean, kids, I believe they were drunk, driving, and they end up killing someone. And rather than report it, they just try to forget it. And then I think it's the next summer they come back and they start getting this, I know what you did last summer. And and it becomes like what the Gordon Fisherman tries to kill them <laughs> because the guy wears the, the yellow coat. And, and, and so then it became a sequel with Brandy and they went to the islands and yeah, it kind of died off. Um, but yeah, the, the, and we had a lot of, you know, big name actresses, Michelle Geller, Freddie Prince Jr., Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ryan Felipe. Um, and then, this one, though, includes Madison Eisenman from Jumanji, Bill Heck from Lock and Key, Brian uh, Zhu from I, a Zombie, uh, some folks that we don't know who they are, and then Brooke Bloom from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So to your point, Corey, they are dropping the first four episodes on October 15th, but then they do mm. weekly until November 12th. So, yeah, I mean, if it's bad, you know what? You still get your free shipping in Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing with Amazon is where I order so much off of Amazon that like the TV stuff. If I want to watch something, it's like, oh, this is free. I'll watch it here. You know, yeah. it's uh, man, it's it's, it's low risk, uh, low return. Unfortunately, though, it probably causes us to buy more things from Amazon than we really should. I know. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I spend way too much money on Amazon. Just just got to get rid of it. Retail therapy is kind of nice at times. Oh well. Yeah. Till 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 your wife finds the <laughs> finds oh, the yeah. bill and oh gosh, what did you buy? I'm like, I know. Don't worry about it. What's you that box doing outside? Yeah. What's what's that? Yeah. What's that package for me? We've <laughs> there's all... actually two. There's actually two packages sitting outside right now. I just got the notification that they've delivered. <laughs> don't don't see it. Don't look. Don't look. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you hide it, please? Can you put it in the garage? Yeah. Well, one oh. of them. One of them is hers. They're. They're baby bibs. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like half the stuff is like, it's stuff I have to buy. It's not something fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just enjoy. Yeah, enjoy the ride. Um, but something that is really surprising, the next story is that we just got announced that Tim Drake, who is essentially Robin 3, um, is now coming out as the, the first LGBTQ member of the bat family since batwoman came out and it is um he's basically coming out as bisexual uh this was revealed in a comic batman Ur- urban legends where he's basically beating up villains doing all this stuff and as he's doing this he's you know with a lot of heroes that just like this is like their day job you know if you're fighting some villains that are pretty boring you start kind of zoning out and you start thinking about different things and he just kind of comes to the conclusion that you know Life's too short, and I have these feelings towards this person, and I'm going to take a chance. And, you know, as brave as heroes are, sometimes even doing the silliest, you know, just t- asking someone out or anything like that, that, that is a bigger step than fighting the biggest villain in the world. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and this has gotten a lot of uh, very positive um, coverage. It means a lot to a lot of people. 
mm-hmm. there will always be people like, well, why did they do it with this character? Blah, blah, blah. I always say this with like comic book characters, especially heritage comic book characters. Their, their private lights are rarely ever covered. Like, hardly ever. I mean, it's almost always right. being up a villain doing that. And if they happen to go out for dinner, that's like a surprise. Like, their social mm-hmm. life is just not a big thing. So that is something with modern comics where they develop characters more. And they talk about their social lives and what they're through. Mm-hmm. Maybe their past where they had some uh, a, I, a bad, bad experience. Yeah, I almost think it's more interesting now because we... How many times can you tell Batman's origin story, right? But, like... What does he do when he's not Batman? You know, I mean, people know that he's rich and whatever, but I think that those stories are more interesting because they've told and retold and retold the the Batman story over and over again at the, at this point. And what he's when he's not being Batman, like that seems to be more interesting at this point, just because we don't know that much, like you said. And uh, so the Tim Drake thing is like, I think it's I think it's interesting, and I think it's. I think it's good because, you know, it's it's we've we've all and you and I are old enough to to grow up when like being gay was bad, you know, like, you know, I mean, I remember if someone called you a that negative name, it was it was kind of like it was frowned upon, but it was also like accepted, too. It was like nobody ever said, don't say that, man. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I think I think we're getting finally getting to the point, at least maybe not our generation fully, but the next generation to fully accept like, okay, well, it's not bad to for a man and a man to to love each other. It's not bad for a woman and a woman. It's not bad to figure out who you are and maybe you're not who you are on the outside that you feel on the inside. And so you take the steps to change things, you know, and, and feel how you want to feel like who you are. And, uh, this is, this is a good step in that direction. And I think, I think that, I think that the world needs more of this. Absolutely. And if this helps kids through or adults, you know, some adults are, are struggling with this and it never came out because, because of different generations. But I mean, if this helps anyone, I'm just saying this, this makes me feel good about myself or that I can come out and be myself. The worst thing you can do is make people not be true to themselves. Um, and, and, and realizing who you are and who you can love and being happy is, is just the, the, it's like the smallest thing we should allow people to do. It's not, it's not like, it's like, oh, okay, we'll let you have that one. No, it's, 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 it's one of our God given rights, you know, to be able to pursue what we love and are passionate about. And I know there's going to be people that are like, well, that's wrong, but that's, that's something that's a completely different experience. And if you want to feel that way. Yeah, don't read the, the comic. Thing, the thing to me is like, why? Like, if you don't like this, like, why do you care in the first place? You know, how's it? Ooh, how's like, it affecting you? Right? It's, it's not a, a. It's not your character, right? B, like, there's thousands of other straight characters that you can go read about or whatever. Like, I, I just yeah. don't understand why people care so much about this stuff still. Um, you know, and and. Unfortunately, I I live in a state where that's very, you know, we'll just say it's not to get political, but it's a very conservative kind of mm-hmm. red area that I live in. And, and people still kind of talk that way. Not so much anymore, but, you know, it, it, you still hear it. And it's just like, but why? Like, how does it affect you? 
you're you're if you want to be with a woman, you can go be with a woman, right? Like who who cares? Um, I think this is good, especially especially to have such a young character like that's still going through things that normal young people would go through minus the, you know, crime fighting and hanging out with Batman. But oh, you didn't go through that era. <laughs> I look, I missed it. My my dad was more of a, you know, I don't know. He was just not a superhero. I'm sorry. He, he didn't it. die in a crime alley and you had to avenge him. Oh, Corey, see what you missed out on. <laughs> I know. I know. Come on, Dad. Come on. Yeah, yeah, Dad. You did the little thing for me. Make me an avenging <laughs> uh, crime fighter. That would have been perfect. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, if you don't agree, you don't like it, don't mm-hmm. read it. Don't go out there and vilify people. And the cool part about this is he's coming out as bisexual, meaning he's still trying to figure out what he likes, but he's not letting labels and things get in he's the way. He's not putting of... up walls for no. himself just because somebody needs him to, right? Like. You know, yeah. for for example, we both have kids. Like, how how old is Tim Drake in this comic run? Probably teens, probably fifteen, mid-teens. sixteen. Yeah, yeah, old enough to like, date. Yeah, like if one of our kids was going through something like this, I w- I wouldn't want them to think that like we're gonna hold them back because of of what how we may feel or not feel or whatever. Like that would be terrible. I I I, I don't know. I just I feel like that this is good to have. Especially that age, like 15, 16, is like that's kind of really when you kind of start figuring out who you are as a person and, you know, how you want to move the rest of your life. And and I think it's good to have a character like this at that age go through something like this because kids usually kids are still reading comics at that age or a little bit younger. Right. And they can see they can relate. And I think I think it's good. I, I really like this. I really do. Yeah. I, I think uh, that is what we're seeing, and we're allowing creators to have a voice. And like we said, if you don't like it, don't read it, but allow people to experience things that might help them through some interesting life changes. So, uh, with that, Corey, the last story, very quickly, because you know this verges on video game talk, but Charlie loves Sonic because his son loves Sonic. We really enjoyed the Sonic movie. I, I was more pleased with that movie than I should have been. I know uh, that, that movie was, like, was way better than it had any right to be. And it was like the last movie we could see in theaters before COVID hit. So it was like it was like in a special place, which I'm glad it happened versus coming out. You know, if it, this movie would have been so damaged if it came out like in May because it wouldn't have been in theaters. And yeah, I, I think this is a good thing. So um, but we got news that Idris Elba has been cast as Knuckles. In the movie. Holy cow. This is inspired casting for sure. Holy I mean, holy crap. You think you think Jim Carrey was inspired casting for Robotnik like this is. Uh, I, I wonder if they're going for I I don't know if you if you you or your son watched the Sonic Boom series or played the Sonic Boom game, but Sonic was more of a or Knuckles was more of a. He he had that kind of personality, like mm-hmm. that big kind of brooding i'm just gonna punch my way through things and i'm the tough guy i'm the big guy he's like he's like the the Raphael. if you're gonna talk about ninja turtles of the sonic team and and i don't know i i said it was inspired casting but now that i kind of think about it i think this is kind of like a good way to go because idris elba has that deep voice he's he's got power behind it right like i i think this is cool uh Man, that first movie, though, was just it was way better. It was a hoot. It was fun. Jim Carrey was awesome. I mean, Jim Carrey. Yeah. 
Dude, he was full on Jim Carrey in that movie for sure. Yeah. And and it worked. It really worked. And now he's kind of the big mustache. It's going to be fantastic. Um, it is funny, though, because we were like, why is he doing this? I'm like, Idris Elba likes a paycheck. He needs to support his DJ, his DJ career. So I'm first I'm perfectly cool with this. And it allows him to do things he loves. And you know what? I think he realizes that, hey, I got to get on these franchises and make some money, too. And considering the first one had actually did well and it wasn't vilified and wasn't a cash in really. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Who would have thought that Sonic the Hedgehog would have been the first good video game movie? You know? I know. I know. Well, well, Detective Pikachu was not bad. No, it wasn't bad. Sonic Sonic was definitely better, though. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where it was easy to come across and did and felt like a good movie, despite mm-hmm. the fact that it could have been horribly wrong because of the property. So, and I really like the voice actor because he is John Ralphio on Parks and Rec, and he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So he just really everybody just looked like they're having a good time so yeah, yeah what can we say yeah, yeah Corey, and uh you know what um maybe one of your little kids you could take them uh april 8th 2022 to the theater my have a good time my daughter is getting to that age where she's starting to recognize mario and sonic okay. and perfect she's, she's getting there she brings me my switch controller sometimes is like she says give me mario and i'm like <laughs> okay we'll we'll try and then she'll hit that capture that screen capture button on the controller about 65 times. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, guess, guess we're done. <laughs> Cause we're done with that. So um, yeah. Playing games with kids is always a good time. <laughs> sure. Yes. yes, yes, yes. We get beyond that. Now Logan beats my butt at game. So we don't talk about it. He's he, actually one last thing. Yeah, but he was playing, your, he was, your son is old enough to know how video games work. Oh, he's so. 15, Corey. So yeah. he is like a ridiculous player and he's much better than I am now. Um, and he knows so much more about Destiny. It's ridiculous. He's looking for a clan that can support him because I actually I think he would be a great add to any clan because he's really good. Um, but he's playing Hades Day. He's like, yeah, Dad, I'm already in the third boss. I'm like, I have not even got to a boss yet. <laughs> so, so you know what? Kids will always surprise us and you've got a great journey ahead with yours. But um, with that, we're going to move over and take ourselves over to our favorite geek establishment for libation. And that's the Geek Easy. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on this week. I'll kick it off because Corey's uh, Geek Easy comment will lead us into the Thunderdome. So we'll start off here. Um, myself. Uh, I, I feel really blessed lately because um, I am just a big DC fan. I love Marvel, too. Um, but it's it's really been awesome that because we get all these awesome services like Disney Plus movies and also uh, HBO Max, we're getting a lot of great hero content. And this is fantastic in different venues we saw. The funny one, though, is it's your point, uh, Corey, all these different services this is where it gets so confusing. So HBO Max kind of consolidated all the DC Universe content. But some things, like where the DC Universe went to HBO Max, some things went to the CW. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to talk about first, because Swamp Thing did that. And now Stargirl did it as well. Um, the first season of Stargirl is on HBO Max as well, if you want to watch there. But Stargirl Season 2 is now on the CW. It will go to HBO Max when the season ends. Um, CW is owned jointly by Warner Brothers and also CBS. So it's a weird relationship. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, oh. it's owned by CBS too? 
Oh yeah, so that's why Is you that got the Walker Texas Ranger. Speed? Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. it's very weird. It used to be the WB, then it used to be yeah. uh, UPN or the UPN. I don't even remember these things. It's so weird. Um, Oh, yeah. So Stargirl season two has launched. Episode one launched uh, CW app. If you want to watch it, if you don't have a CW affiliate, the app is great, though, because it has ads, but you can watch the show when the ads aren't intrusive. That's Um, how I watch the uh, the CW shows that are on now, like Flash and yeah. When Arrow Legends on, of also. Tomorrow and yeah, all those shows are great. So it's there and it's easy to use. I like it. Um, but Stargirl was a surprise to me. Stargirl is one of my favorite. You know, I love that whole Justice Society era with Stargirl. What she got brought in, Jeff Johns created, basically revamped those characters, brought Stargirl on as basically, uh, basically to to honor his sister who died, and basically brought her in as a as a, someone to take over for Starman and basically carry on the mantle. And she's been a great character. And the fact is we got the show and it feels like Smallville in a lot of ways, but to today's audience where it's teens. Sometimes you got like the monster of the week or villain of the week, but it's this one definitely feels like it's got an over our over overarching arc of a story. And the, the characters are just great. Luke Wilson is fantastic. You've got Amy smart as the mom. Uh, you've really, uh, um, Joel McHale plays an on a character from the past who shows back up. Um, and they just do a really good job of bringing these teens and the mythos of the JSA and modernizing it, making it very fun, like an almost like 90210, too. So it's really been a lot of fun. I like it. It's got a lot of heart. It's really fun. And the season, last season ended where we thought we've got the villains completely beat and it's over. And what are we going to do next? Because they probably didn't know if they were going to get a second season. <laughs> second season's back. And that's where they're at now. The, the heroes are kind of like, well, we beat all the villains, so we really don't have to patrol. So Stargirl really feels like she's the only one that really feels like I've got to still be vigilant because the villains may come. And like the parents are like, don't do that stuff. This can't be your life. You're still a teen. You should be living for now and just enjoying it. And um, so we're kind of in that mindset of like, OK, is something going to happen? What is where is this going to go? And I, I won't spoil it, but I'm really excited about where they are going They've they've put some things out there. They've talked about one of the main villains that's coming back this season, who is a fantastic villain with Starman. And I just like it. He was kind of like an anti-hero villain. I don't know if he's going to have that role, but I just really like what they're doing. And and you see the drama and it's still teen drama as well. So you have a little bit of romances and things like that, which are which are fun, which I loved as a as a teen. I like that kind of soap opera element so if you're interested i think it's really fun it's something you watch with your wife your family your kids because it's very pg ish maybe not really pg 13 because it doesn't really feel hardcore but there are deaths and things like that but nothing like gruesome so if you like this kind of fun entertainment star girl is on the cw if you want to catch up uh hbo max i think maybe the first season is also on cw as well yeah i it's it's definitely on my list we just we kind of are we're borrowing our HBO Max subscription from my sure. mother-in-law. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I've been, is I've been it's it's Stargirl, it's Doom Patrol and Titans are all on the list of things to watch. Uh, I'm I when I saw the the first uh, uh, kind of commercial for Stargirl, I was like, man, this looks really fun. This looks like it looks like when Supergirl first started. Yeah, it was yeah. just kind of like. It's light. It doesn't take itself too seriously, like the way that Arrow did. No offense to Arrow, yeah. great show, but like 
super, super serious. And, uh, you know, the flash is a little bit lighter, but still has its serious moments. And, and when Supergirl came out, it was just kind of this light area kind of thing. And Stargirl kind of reminded me of that. So like, I'm, I'm kind of excited because I'm more into that lighter kind of, you know, outlook of, on, on the superhero genre. I'm not into like the super R rated stuff, you know? So, yeah, I think it fits that mold. And I think the good thing about this too, it's like, it's like, 10 or 11 episodes too which really improves the pacing on these shows the cw is still trying to do like the 22 episode thing which is just too long it's just too many yeah. filler you episodes could, yeah. yeah you could always tell the filler episodes especially in something like the flash or something it's just like oh my gosh this is like how many times are we gonna have this conversation with iris again you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah yeah yep yeah so i like this one it's just paced better it's fun i so i think you'd like it Corey. um yeah this a lot of these shows are like they're my treadmill time or there's something where I've got to do something where I I can do that and just absorb it. Um, sometimes even when I'm doing like editing of podcasts and things, I'll have it in the background and so I'll look over and say, Oh, what's going on there? Okay. So sometimes it's not heavy listening, but I, yeah. So check it out. Uh, star girl along with, uh, Titans, uh, season three dropped this week as well. Now they did the other thing where they dropped three episodes right away. So I'm already behind, but, it will go to weekly after this. Uh, so I watched episode one and wow, talk about heavy <laughs> Titans is heavy, <laughs> Corey. So, but it's great. I really enjoyed the show. First season was a little dicey. Second season got better and it's a show that's gotten better and it's really embraced a lot of the characters and doing some fun things with them. But this one starts off really heavy and I'm curious where it's going to go because I don't really know who the big bad will be. Um, how they're going to manage it seems like the team's in a good place as we start, but that that's rarely how this goes. It's never the team's usually in a good place and it goes to hell and then they finally get back together. So, um, and I don't want to give too much away about what we get. Do we get in, introduced to Barbara Gordon? Um, she's the commissioner, which is cool. Um, and we do get brought the 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 heroes. You you don't see all the whole team back yet, um, but you do see some of the key members. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just really curious where they go. But, I mean, this is the first official season on HBO Max. I don't know if that changes anything because it was already hardcore in DC Universe with dropping F-bombs. So and they haven't they haven't changed that, Corey. So <laughs> it's pretty much on board. So but if you like that um, and you're fine with that, it's fine. But I think it's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a note for me, which I'm pretty, pretty happy with. But I mean, I could get it. So like, I don't want my heroes saying F-bombs and things like that. I totally get it. But if yeah. you're all in board and try it, just try it out and understand yeah. that the first half of the I, first season I usually, really takes I mean, some time. I always go into a TV show expecting the first half of the first season to kind of be like, no, nah, they're feeling their way out. They got to figure this out. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, Arrow was like that, right? The first 15 oh. episodes were just bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, and what didn't get to like what the last five or six episodes of the first season to where that even got remotely watchable. Yep. So, yeah, so check it out. Um, like I said, uh, three episodes are out, and I don't even know. I think this is probably 10 or 11 episodes, too. So, it's going to be coming out through um, into October. So, you got time to catch up. And if you miss it, it'll be there waiting for you if you have HBO Max. Thanks, mom, for sharing. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's, is it my turn? It's my turn. To... Oh, yeah, it's your turn. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So and what we're going to do before we talk about the last one, we're going to move and take right. your last one and we're going to put that move into it. the Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah. Right. Yep. Cool. Uh, so if we're if we're sticking on HBO Max, I did 
watched the Snyder cut finally, uh, about what, maybe a month ago, I guess it's, uh, man, that took me about three or four days to watch. Uh, it's, uh, it was, it was a, it was a movie. It happened. Uh, I don't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just kind of like, you know, I, I enjoy watching Batman beat people up. I think here's the thing about the DC stuff is like the casting is so good. I love the cast. I think the casting is great. I wish they had someone, maybe not like on the level of Marvel in terms of like figuring out how to put these characters together. It it just feels like a movie that they made to play catch up. That's what this movie felt like. And you can totally see it. Even in the Snyder cut, you can see it. And it's like, man, I just want like, where's my Batman movie first, right? Like, where's my, I mean, Man of Steel we got, which was, to me, it was okay. It was, it was better than the, Brandon Routh one, but like it was it was okay. And then, you know, all the other movies came after, and it's like, well, okay, Wonder Woman was Captain America with a woman, essentially. I mean, no offense, Gal Gadot is great, but like that movie was clearly just somebody saw Captain America, the first Avenger, and was like, we should do that. And uh yeah. Um, sorry if you can hear my son. I'm sorry. Uh it's okay. He's, happen, man. he's uh teething. So it's, it's that his bottom gums are thinning out. So some uh, some whiskey time. Yeah, oh, man, we have we have the children's Tylenol stuff, but it's just like you got to don't give them the wrong dosage. It's oh, just, no, I remember those bad days. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. 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 Ooh, yeah. Good. Bad times. But you'll get through yeah. it. And you'll be a yeah. better man for it. And you're like, remember those bad times? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's it's crazy, too, because they're they're literally on the other side of the house. Like I'm on the far end by the front door there by the back, the back end of the house. And he just voices carry. He, he's a loud one. Uh, so I apologize, everybody. Uh, I did. I did. Finally, uh, I finished Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki. Uh, finally, Falcon Winter Soldier. We kind of talked a little bit before the show. Definitely a paint by numbers kind of Marvel thing, if you will. Not really a lot of experimentation. I think the big thing was, you know, finally giving Sam the shield was, you know, uh, Black Captain America was a big deal. I think I really thought it was well done. Uh, you know, sometimes like I'm all I'm always in for the message and to to give you know uh the the voices that aren't always heard heard but sometimes like sometimes you can definitely tell when it feels forced you know uh this didn't really feel forced to me i think i it felt really good uh to to just see that happen especially because like you can do so many cool things now with with captain america with wings too you know like it's just a cool Thing and the message he did it on the during the last episode was just it's pretty powerful, uh, you know. As a as a mid thirties white man, I felt it. I can't imagine what you know people of, you know, I, I can't imagine what the black community felt about that because it was just it was really powerful and I'm really happy uh, for that. It was really good. I love the relationship between Sam and Bucky. Uh, you know, the power broker stuff was interesting. Uh, U.S. agent. I mean, that's going to be cool if they ever do like a Thunderbolts thing, uh, which seems like they might. And you haven't seen Black Widow yet. I won't say anything. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I know I know some of the things in Black Widow. Uh, so cause just because like when you live in the space that we live in, you're going to see spoilers oh, the next yeah. day, right? It's just, oh, yeah. If you don't see it that first day, you just might as well just, you know, <laughs> go see just whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, Loki was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I did watch all of Loki. It was really different, uh, at least to, to what I'm used to with the Marvel stuff. It was really uh, I like the time stuff. I like the. Owen Wilson, it was like the best part of that whole show. Oh wow, I'm on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he's 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 so just like he's just Owen Wilson in Loki. Like he's just Owen Wilson in the Marvel universe. His his he's just an Owen Wilson variant. <laughs> is all pretty much yeah yeah. Uh, it if, was, if he it never was... made uh, if he never made Wedding Crashers, right. Uh, <laughs> Man, it would have been. Did you see the the cars meme going around where he's driving the Lightning McQueen car? Oh, and like, that's funny. And then instead of the pizza car, then they zoom in on his face. He says "kachow" instead of you know whatever he says. Like, <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good nice. one. Uh, I I'm gonna need you to explain Kang to me because I know he's like I know he's going his. He who remains, yep, is variant is Kang the Conqueror, right? That's yes, where they're yes. going. And, and Kang the Conqueror is like a time yep. guy. Which, yeah, uh, isn't he usually associated with the Fantastic Four, though? In a way, yes. Um, he's been an Avengers villain too. Um, so uh, the, the simple simple way to put this is he's from somebody from the future who gets tech can go back in time. And over time, he's been different people. He's been like the living Pharaoh, which is just this weird little character. He was a mortis. He was all these different versions. And so to a large extent of what he who, um, you know, the Time Lord, he said, he said, there's different versions of me. And so that makes me think, yep, we're going to see different versions of him. And at the very end, you see that one statue of him. That's kind of how King looks. And you see him with the, typically the, the purple mask. But T- King is one of those. And uh, kind of like anti-heroes, you know, just he's doing his own thing and he doesn't always mean to do wrong. It's just it's he has motives to do his own thing and not necessarily be a villain. Um, so. Over time, there's been some really great series in the past with Kang and it's kind of like. Who is he going to be? Is this going to be revealed as Kang? And there was even a Young Avengers comic back in the and I don't know if you're a reader or not, but basically there's a character named Iron Lad. We're like, okay, is this because they were supposed to be all the young Avengers? That was Kang as well. So it was like he keeps appearing and keeps doing his things, and which is kind of one of those things. So the fact that we've got this version of Kang that we saw, who I thought was kind of like very understated, but I think it's just setting us up for different versions of Kang that will be definitely more in our face that will try to change the timeline for their own for their own purposes. You think you think like eat like each individual kind of movie moving forward, he there's going to be some variant of Kang. That's like the villain for that hero. And then maybe like when they all come together again, they're going to fight different variants of Kang. Is that how they, is this kind of going or it, it could go, we could go to like a multiverse war in the future. And that's where I think everybody is curious. Like what is that next big thing with Marvel? Because we had infinity, you know, an infinity war, we had Endgame. What's it going to be? We thought it might be secret, excuse me, invasion. 
but that's going to be a TV series. Is it going to be something else where it brings everyone together, uh, you know, that does something different? What's going to emerge from that? So, I mean, this is where it's Marvel at its most critical, where because we're going to get all these new franchises that I don't know if all of them will be as big as Marvel would like them to be. But it's allowing them to open so many more doors that it might be worth it not being as big so they can do some cool things in the future that could create some huge opportunities. But, you know, I don't know. Never, yeah. Mom and Pop may not be excited about Shang-Chi, Eternals, another Doctor Strange film, another uh, mm-hmm. Ant-Man film, or even a weirder Thor film, which is kind of funny because the, <laughs> then the biggest movie is going to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Which, you know, this, I mean, obviously Dr. Strange is going to revolve around the multiverse, right? I mean, it's literally called the multiverse of madness, mm-hmm. but like Loki really opened up a multiverse, right? And then the rumors with Spider-Man, I don't know how true they are, is that they're going to do like a spider into the Spider-Verse type Verse. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, you know, would be kind of cool because I actually like they weren't great movies, but I actually really liked Andrew Garfield as Spider as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, like not the movies weren't great, but like he, him himself was, was great. I feel like, uh, maybe we get a spider Gwen finally. I don't know. I feel like the multiverse opens up a whole slew of things. Right. And like the rumor with Deadpool three, it's like he gets sucked into the MCU through the multiverse. And it's like, there's still that road, that Wolverine road trip movie is still, uh, fantastic Four, x-men all of these right. things that are just like and then there's characters we've never even seen yet to you you even mentioned thunderbolts Corey. so i mean there are so many storylines they can pick and this is where it gets exciting because um the fact that a lot of these actors who were in the core movies at the beginning mm-hmm. have moved on to different things so they've got right. to do some different things and and, and if those and there's actors still that, there's still that rumor now after i mean we're, we'll probably get into it in the thunderdome but like that Captain Carter movie is now a rumor mm-hmm. going around, which yeah. I would love to see because Haley Atwell is just a fantastic, fantastic actor and, and especially in that role. Yeah, so actually, that's probably a good point. So at this point, you know, the geek easy is saying it's time to cash our check, leave a tip. But, Corey, we're going to continue this conversation because the mutants are excited. So we're going to go and take a trip to the places where everyone's vaccinated They wear a mask, and that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we're continuing our conversation from the Geeky Geeky Easy. It's all about what if. We're going to do two parts. Basically, we're going to give our thoughts on the first episode of Disney's Marvel What If. Um, And then we're going to talk about where we would like to see this concept carry out outside of the Marvel What If concept. So um, let's start with Marvel What If. Uh, this is the first episode. Uh, I think we're getting six episodes, and they're weekly. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people were a little frustrated that they only got one. So, But these are really standalones, except for the fact that we are getting kind of a carry-through, which is Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. This episode was all about Captain Carter, Peggy Carter, who essentially goes in and replaces Steve Rogers and becomes the super soldier we all know and love. Um, this is opened up with the Watcher talking about essentially all of these different realities that are now possible. He watches 
but he doesn't intercede. He is the watcher, Awatu, uh, voiced by Jeffrey Wright, who is fantastic. Uh, and at this point, um, we have the episode picking up very much like the original Captain America, the, the first Avenger. And it, the only thing that changes is we get, well, the one thing that kicks it off is the fact that Peggy Carter gets to be the super soldier instead of Steve Rogers because of Hydra involvement. So mm-hmm. with that, Corey, I mean, we don't have to go into all the details of the the, the show. Um, it was like 34 minutes long. Uh, we got the Marvel intro and it, at the end it with a very animated version of it, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool. And yeah, kind of showed cool. it was going to be different. And I believe all of the episodes will have the similar animated style, which feels very much it's CG with almost like almost like they kind of even scanned mm-hmm. the, all of the MCU characters that have we seen before because it looks mm-hmm. very similar. They, to yeah, how they look. it's like a it's like a I, I I don't know how to explain it. It's like a they're all it's clearly three D animated, right? Like the, the character models are three D, but it's like a cell shaded yeah. style, like a lightly cell shaded style. Uh, it, it's very kind of unique. It really feels more like a animated comic book than you know the mcu really does like i think maybe that's what they were going for you know uh but i like it i like the style it's it's unique it took me a minute to get used to but uh definitely feels unique i and i don't know if they're doing any motion capture at all uh face scanning like i said i i don't know but in a way it's i think it's successful because Mm -hmm. they could have gone a different route i mean we've played the avengers game or have you played the avengers game i yeah, I, I struggled through the yes. Avengers game. Yes, I did. Yeah, so you know how it, it can go badly when you try mm-hmm. to make a unique style and it doesn't really please anybody. Yeah, it's like, like, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the I know we don't really want to talk about games, but like Avengers, like you look at the you look at the Avengers game, right? And you're like. It it's the art style isn't different enough to differentiate it from the MCU. And in fact, like they're actually introducing the MCU costumes into the game. Now it's like, but that you wanted the actors to look different, but they just look like B tier knockoffs of them. Right. And yeah, I, it's just weird enough to take you out of it and to not feel like a different experience. Right. You look at Marvel ultimate Alliance three on switch, which not a great game, but at least it has like a distinct, unique oh, yeah. art style or very, Guardians, yeah, very much. So. Even the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy game looks unique and, and different enough from the MCU. You're like, OK, this is its own thing. Uh, I mean, Rocket and Groot look the same, but you can't really change. It very much it. looks like, it, it very much looks like the comic version, which mm-hmm. I, at least at least they're bracing something that's like, uh-huh. OK, we're, we're taking our inspiration for that versus we're just it's like the it reminds me also. Uh, sorry, Charlie, the Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, where mm-hmm. Captain America had the, the small head, but the weird body and no, but none of the characters look right. So it's like really hard when you take characters that we all know and the anime, the, the style that you have to see on the screen really mm-hmm. distracts you. And this didn't distract me. I felt yeah, like it really was was a home run. Yeah, it, I mean, even if you want to go that route too, it's like when you when you watch the MCU stuff and then you go to like Disney World or Disneyland and you see the like just normal people dressing up like these characters, like you know, kind of like oh well, it just it just I feel like I'm at some convention where you're cosplaying this character. No offense, Charlie, I know you're really into cosplay, <laughs> and I I love your Indiana Jones one. I think it's your best one. Please keep wearing that. I 
Indiana Jones, my favorite character, keep doing it. But like you go to Disney World or Disneyland, you see like this guy who's dressed like he just has like these brown pants and a leather uh, jacket on. And you're like, oh, well, he's supposed to be Star-Lord because he's standing next to this little robotic group. Right. He looks nothing like Chris Pratt. And you're just like, oh, well, whatever. I we could do a whole episode on how I feel about uh, non cartoon character characters at Disney. Right. You can do a whole thing on that. Uh, But back to your point, it just it just throws you off when it's just like something's just a little off, but doesn't go enough the other direction. Uh, yeah, and Marvel's gone that route. They want to identify the MCU as like kind of the thing with Marvel, and and when mm-hmm. if you don't nail it right, um, it's going to be distracting. So I, I really, whoever was the animation director or, or the creative director, really I think did a great job because I felt not only did the animation, you know, the the style look good, some of those action scenes were mm-hmm. really impressive. Where Katie or, or uh, where or you know she is just going through and hitting people with a shield, going through. It's very dynamic. Feels mm-hmm. and it's like I've seen bad animation where it's mm-hmm. like it feels tired. Well, yeah, we watch a bunch of bad eighties cartoons. We know oh, yeah. what bad animation looks exactly. Like. like I'm just thinking of like the new He Man animated versus the original. It's like you can do so many cool things with good animation. I think this just nails it because things felt impactful. Uh, the motion was great. It felt like a movie and or or just a high end uh, piece of content. And that's really mm-hmm. what I wanted them to succeed. And it's great because I've always felt like they're like DC's doing a lot of great animated stuff. Marvel's mm-hmm. just been ignoring it. Now, I hopefully yeah. this means this is kind of like the momentum will say we can really bring some storylines to life that might mm-hmm. not make it in live action. Well, it's like this is a way to keep like if you want to bring Robert Downey Jr. back in as Iron oh, Man. Yeah. And like you don't want to pay him to like or he doesn't want to be like in the mocap suit or whatever. You can say, hey, can you spend two days in a recording booth so we can get your lines and you can go home? We'll pay you, what, a million dollars to say like these 10 lines or whatever and you can get out of here. Uh, So, But yeah, I I really liked Captain Carter. Captain America is probably my favorite of the MCU kind of character line, especially like. Peggy Carter is like low key, probably my favorite side character in the MCU. And she, I don't think she gets used enough after that first movie, uh, obviously, because, well, there's only one movie that's set in the 40s. But uh, my well, wife, she had, and her, I, she had that she had that ABC. We series. we watched Agent Carter. We watched it weekly. We yeah. loved it. And we yeah. kept hoping that there would be a season three. And there wasn't not not that it was like a great show. It was actually no. Not, not yeah. a good show, but we just loved watching it. And we were like, man, season three, where is it? And they canceled it. And there's that rumor that they were going to launch a third season on Disney Plus where it actually coincided with the end of uh, Endgame where, you know, Steve comes back and, you know, it, this third season ends with him walking through the door. And they're like, it ends just like Endgame did where they're dancing, but uh, it didn't happen. So, uh, but yeah, like it the beginning just kind of like like Steve gets shot and so she jumps in the chamber instead right like and it's Captain Carter she jumps out she's you know I mean she looks like Steve did when he came out right it's essentially like just taking that you know like let's change a couple of these scenes she's the leader now right uh I really I really I really like this episode I did too. I, I just really think there's some interesting things. Um, not everybody showed 
back up as a voice actor. And, and I would say it's one of my one call out here. I felt like, um, and this is where the guy who plays Steve Rogers is not, it, that was not Chris uh, Evans. I know. And he I did know. a fantastic job. You, you, if you would have told me that, if you would have told me that, I would have said that's Chris Evans. He sounds just like him. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. But then we had Sebastian Stan, who kind of just sounded like he was just getting a paycheck. Kind of yeah. felt like, eh. I mean, so, I, I, that's what I felt like with a lot of the voice acting in this yeah. thing. It was just like, well, these maybe maybe it's just because maybe some of these actors don't have that animated voiceover Absolutely. type work before. So they just they don't really know how to act as a like watching the cartoon on the screen while they're acting. Right. Like uh, you see Hugh Jackman do a lot of like the Wolverine sounds and stuff. And I'm sure you've seen the videos of him, like in, especially for Logan, where he's in the recording booth and he's actually like running in place and like making all these sounds and stuff while, you know, to, to do some of the dubs and stuff. Maybe these actors just don't have that experience. And yeah, that was like, that was probably like the one thing with this episode. I, I could definitely tell like, okay, well, Steve Rogers sounds the best because they got a voiceover actor Absolutely. to play that character. Uh, but then the rest just sounded like they're clearly reading the lines off of a sheet. You know, that's exactly what it sounded like. Uh, especially Although Haley Atwell was, I thought she sounded so excited and just wanted to be there, which I'm like, maybe yeah. that's what it's all about. Right. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. it's like you're, you're just, you just want to bring this character to life and give it love and things like that. And, and you'd think it's like, well, why And to your point, Corey, I think you're absolutely right. Voice actors need a good voice director and mm -hmm. they know what to expect and listen and, and perform on it. But traditional actors, they may just not care. I don't yeah. know. And, and maybe that's like Marvel's experience with animated stuff recently. Right. I mean, aside from spider like the spider-man cartoons and like some of the you know saturday morning cartoons that are on now like aside from that marvel doesn't really have like we brought it up earlier dc has amazing animated stuff right i always look at batman animated series mask of the phantasm uh the batman beyond movies like the return of the joker like those movies are amazing movies and marvel has zero of that i can't point to one marvel thing that says oh that's comparable to mask of the phantasm or batman the animated series right i think the closest thing we have is like the x-men show from the 90s right <laughs> which like is yeah which is so weird Corey, because i think about this because disney is a heritage animated they could borrow pixar's voice directors they could they could dip into so they, many options yeah like disney is you think of animation you think of disney disney yeah they're Disney so. animated studios, Pixar. Um, and then we think of even the Spider-Verse film, which is one of the best superhero movies regardless. That's but that's Sony. So it's like I mean, you could so, even go to Lucasfilm because of of Rebels and Clone Wars and, Clone yeah. Wars and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity there. Maybe that's where they feel like they need some help. And I think where Marvel has been like the big dog. And maybe they're in this scenario where they just don't realize that they can't, you know, be great at everything. And maybe mm -hmm. this will open the door because I think that's the, been the biggest criticism has been mm -hmm. the voice performances have been inconsistent. But the ones that really stand out do a great job. And the rest are like it, it's not horrible. It's just right. not not but exceeding can, expectations. But like like we said earlier, you can tell like Chris Evans isn't playing uh, Captain or well, Steve. Right. But yeah. you 
you can tell that that whoever's playing him is a voiceover actor and that that performance is the best in the episode clearly the entire like yeah I, I, at least i feel that way yeah and i thought howard stark was great too and whoever yeah. you know he was great i can't remember if it was the original actor doing him or, and that's where it's like we're not going to really always know who is playing who mm-hmm. and we know in future episodes we're going to see um yeah. uh, different actors re- reprising and some not so um yeah. i hope it's not as as noticeable but mm-hmm. yeah for a first episode and the great thing about this is just like what if is supposed to do where it lands at the very end and mm-hmm. we don't know the repercussions Mm-hmm. Was there a Bucky Winter Soldier? What happened to Steve? You know, what mm-hmm. what what went on as, you know, uh, Peggy Carter reemerges with Nick Fury and Hawkeye at the end? That is yeah. so cool. And sorry, spoilers, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's implied. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this show knows what happens in the Thunderdome. We're going in spoilers, full spoilers. Uh, it's I really I really think that they have something with Captain Carter, though. Like, yeah. I, I, if you want that strong female lead and you're really going to kind of lean into this multiverse thing, I really feel like you could bring uh, Haley Atwell back in a live action version, which I, I think there's a rumor that she might be in Doctor Strange, right? Is that, yeah. is there a rumor like that? Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like not, not to, say anything bad about brie larson or anything but like captain marvel was kind of like it was it was low tier marvel movie to me well, right like it just wasn't it it wasn't great you know she, i mean she has a hard time really i ever felt like at any time she felt like she was bringing a lot of huge presence i mm-hmm. mean she's she's a good actress but i never felt like Mm-hmm. I am Captain Marvel and you felt it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where I've like, I always kind of felt like, okay, I get yeah. it. Maybe she'll grow on me because she's only been on a, a screen a couple of times. And maybe that's what right. we need. And that's, what's so hard about a movie, right? You only get like two mm-hmm. hours and maybe 30 minutes yeah. on screen. So, but I mean, to your point, Corey, about uh, Captain Carter, maybe we don't get Steve again, but yeah. we get Haley Atwell as this, you know, super soldier Avenger, showing up back in the MCU in that role. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to disenfranchise people are like, well, what about Falcon? Does that make him seem lesser? I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think it's exciting. Yeah, I I mean. Yeah, I mean, you you have multiple they they've juggled multiple leaders, though, right? Like Tony Stark and Steve and and Thor were yeah. all like, you know, they kind of shared that leadership role at, at one point or another, right? I don't see why you couldn't have uh, Peggy and Sam share that leadership role, right? And two well, shields. She's, she's Captain Britain, essentially. Yeah. She's not Captain yeah. America. So right. that's where she's, and that's where we we have not seen that multinational presence with Marvel, mm-hmm. where we've got like Alpha Flight for Canada. We've got like the Captain Britain and some other characters, Union Jack from the UK. You know, we, we've we got mm-hmm. just saw the Soviet super soldiers to a certain extent, and we mm-hmm. could get Ursa Minor showing up with that. So that's a way to do it as well. Just make it more international and mm-hmm. have some fun with it. And like you don't necessarily have to like it could be a Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy situation where maybe you just don't have them together for a yep. while until the giant team up, right? Like maybe, exactly. maybe that's how you go about it, you know? And uh, maybe you'll have Easter eggs here and there, right? Like maybe, maybe uh, uh, 
Bucky shows up right at one point in the Captain Carter movie or whatever. Uh, you know, I would actually like to see it as like a Disney Plus spy thriller show. Absolutely. To be honest with you. Yeah. 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 We're just really just really it's 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 this is what I love. It, we're, we're experimenting. We're trying different things. And this mm-hmm. is just episode one. We're going to get so many cool things that come and, out of this. And it's like they can go wherever they want. And something tells me they're going to do more with this character anyway, since like they've confirmed that she's going to carry over to the second season, yep. which means they probably have bigger plans for this character in the long run. Right. In the grand scheme. It, I mean, that that's what it tells me. I know that these are supposed to be kind of one off stories, but if this is the character you're carrying over, they have to have plans. Right. And Haley Atwell's expressed so much interest in keeping on playing this character. I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. I'm get, and I'm going to talk. So sometimes when we do, Corey, we say, what do you think? And we were going to talk about that where we want to see this concept go out. But mm-hmm. last last thing I just want to say is what if Steve ends up being the Winter Soldier? Like he gets captured. And uh-huh. so then it's now it's Peggy. It's not just her best friend. It's mm-hmm. someone that she loves. Things she saw and loves. And Steve's the same way. He's on ice, gets brought mm-hmm. back in, you know, gets refreshed in maybe he, you know, and I don't know how you work it because he was not. I mean, so we that could be something that could be the twist because right now we don't know if Bucky's mm-hmm. going to be the one that Winter Soldier or not in this new world. Mm-hmm. So that's where we yeah. can see all these different well, things that could make it more complicated. Right. And I mean, we see we see Steve get released, right? Like they, she saves him. She yep. saves all of them. Bucky doesn't, you know, quote unquote, die. Right. And and like you don't see you see them all. Uh, the howling commandos are all there. Like there's no there's no Winter Soldier stand in yet. No. So, uh, but I, the other thing we didn't talk about, though, right, was Steve wearing the the Ironmonger suit or the which Hydra was called with a Hydra Stomper, which was great. Yeah. 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 And there's an action so- figure coming out. Oh, is yeah. there? That's oh, cool. yeah. It looks great. Yeah. There's actually a Captain Carter figure as well. So they're doing a line of the at what if there's a, uh, a zombie Captain America coming out, too. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be really cool. Now, that's where I'm really excited. Yeah. Zombie that- Marvel zombies is a great comic book. So yeah. I, the fact that we're even getting isn't, that on Disney plus. Wow. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Spider-Man the, the zombie hunter with the strange doctor strange cape. Is that what I saw? Or was that, think was that, so. the, yeah, the we're getting, yeah. They, yeah. Okay. I think so. Yeah. It's not Herbson clear yet, but yeah, I'm just so excited for this. This is been so excited for me. I just love this stuff. What, what's yeah. the, what, what are the other episodes? I know, I know, Tony gets saved by Killmonger, right? That's an episode. Yep, Killmonger. We get uh, we've got T'Challa taken up as the um, uh, Guardians of the Gax- Galaxy. Yeah, uh, let me let me just look that up really quick. You know, I'll you know keep talking, Corey, and I'll look it up. Yeah. Uh, I man, this episode has it has me excited for what they could do with the multiverse stuff because uh, Mar- Marvel's been really kind of safe, making sure okay everything's on the same timeline. This is how everything lines up, and then. Loki kind of just blew everything out of the water and now now everything is possible. And I think I think that's the right way to do it, where I know DC's kind of doing their multiverse stuff already with the TV shows are a multiverse and then the HBO Max stuff is a multiverse and the movies are a part of a multiverse and the Flash is going to kind of tie it all together. Right. With Flashpoint, mm-hmm. it's still a Flashpoint yep. right, movie, right? Uh, yep. Which I, I thought was cool when they when. Uh, he showed up on the Flash TV show. And they saw each other. 
And yeah. like that's kind of how he turned himself. He started calling himself the Flash was because of the TV show. I thought that was mm-hmm. really kind of a yeah. It was, it was, it was a, a interesting connection. idea. Yeah. And, yeah. You know whether they'll be able to pull it off and still do it because DC, to your point, doesn't have that person that is that connector except for Jim Lee, which I don't know how much pull he has with Hollywood executives, but we'll see. I hope it yeah. goes well. Uh, but I've got basically they've only announced the first three episodes officially uh, what they're going to be about. Next episode is T'Challa. Uh, basically, and not Peter Quill picked up as Bayandu. Then we've got episode three, which is interesting that they're going back to Loki. Basically, Loki presents himself to Earth as the king of Asgard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we're going to get a Marvel Zombies. We're going to get a Killmonger as Black Panther, I believe. Uh, we're going to get something with, with, like you said, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. If it happens to be all about the Marvel Zombies... And I'm not sure what the rest will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. seven episodes. No. Oh, no. And then it even says this eight episode eight is supposed to be about Marvel zombies, which is weird that they say this. So, uh, yeah, nine episodes is awesome through October. Cool. Oh, awesome. I love this. I love this. Just keep giving Man. me stuff, Disney, because yeah. I don't know what's coming next. I was was really suffering after Loki because I'm like, I'm not in a bad batch. So give me something. What if? Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then we I... get. Uh, yeah, something from there. Yeah, I I was looking at the list of like just Star Wars and Marvel Disney Plus stuff alone is like it's so overwhelming to look at on paper. But like, oh, yeah, I I'm into all of it. Surprisingly, I because I, like, like I'm not 100 percent in on the weird stuff all the time. Right. Like WandaVision mm-hmm. was definitely a show where I was questioning. I was like, OK, well, I don't really know much about vision. I know. Wanda is like, you know, part of the mutants, but not really. And especially in the MCU, it's she's being treated differently a little bit. Uh, but I, we really only started watching WandaVision because my wife loves the old 50s and 60s sitcoms and she wanted to watch it for that to see what they did with it. I'm like, OK, let's let's do it. And we ended up watching all of it in like, I don't know, we watched the first five episodes in one weekend. That's how much she loved it and i was like man this is really good and it actually turned wanda into one of my favorite characters in the mcu like she just as powerful as she is like that whole moment where she loses everything Mm -hmm. is so relatable and so just i it's what they're doing on disney plus is really something special and i know like people look at it as like oh it's disney and it's they're doing too much or whatever but like if you really just take the time and just watch even if like and what marvel does so well too is like even though if you want to keep up on everything it's you watch it all and you can find the little things they do such a good job of making sure everything is you can watch it as a standalone piece and not feel like you're missing out but if you do if you do watch everything you will pick up on the little things or if you read this comic run or this comic run or, you know, maybe watch this show from like the 70s and they have a little Easter egg in there. They're, they're so good at that. Right. Like. I was freaking out when uh, what's his face who played Quicksilver. Oh, yeah. In the X-Men Peters. showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Showed up at the door. And I was like freaking out. My wife's like, what are Why? you doing? <laughs> yeah. Because like <laughs> like we we watch these movies, but she, you know. She just doesn't really pay attention because she's not as into it as sure. I am, right? Uh, 
she's like, what are you freaking out? I'm like, that's Quicksilver from the X-Men movie. They're bringing the X-Men. And then obviously we saw what happened. And- it was, a, it was a, it was, yeah, it was a, a it, <coughs> to your point. I think this is where, uh, and I know I, a lot of people don't agree with me, but I prefer TV to a large extent because mm-hmm. that's where you really get to know a character. You get more right. screen time. And that's mm-hmm. where I'm so disappointed to a large extent that we won't get Chris Evans back again. Mm-hmm. And really get to get more into him. We're lucky yeah. to get, and we were lucky to get him on screen for how many movies? And he was only on screen maybe thirty minutes out of a two-hour film. So mm-hmm. think about that. I mean, you think about. But then we're getting, you know, how much more time with Wanda and just mm-hmm. really getting to know that character and all those things. So that's where I think where TV really can really bring these characters like and make them your favorite. If, if Disney Plus was around when, I mean, I know Disney didn't own Marvel at the time, but like when, when. Iron Man and all these movies were starting. The f- Captain America, the first Avenger, would have been like a seven or eight episode Disney oh, Plus yeah. series because nobody wanted to like do a time uh, yeah. phased Marvel movie. It's like that's a huge <laughs> risk. But I mean, yeah, you could have done a Band of Brothers Captain America style mm-hmm. show, and that had been fantastic, and we would have loved it. And every mm-hmm. one of those characters that were part of the Howling uh, Commandos, you know, yeah. everybody there, you really gotten- could have gotten to know them too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and we yeah. saw them again in this episode, and it was like, it's Dum Dum Dugan, and he's yeah. doing something. Oh my God, very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, I think these are all great things. And uh, so, so, Corey, just before we depart, the mutants want to know our thoughts on is there any other series outside of Marvel? That you think the what if concept could work? It can't, doesn't have to be animated. It could be live action. Could be a one-off movie. But is there something you feel like, wow, they could really do something cool with this concept, where you take a differing like timeline or concept and say, let's do something fun with it? So, what is yours? I mean, I think I think Star Wars is a perfect, perfectly set up for this, right? Like, oh well, maybe Luke does turn to the dark side in Return of the Jedi, or you know, we were kind of talking earlier, but uh, Star Wars has kind of already done this in video games where I don't know if you played the Force Unleashed or the Force Unleashed 2, mm-hmm. but that DLC was all about alternate timelines. It was really awesome where, uh, you know, you were uh, instead of Starkiller turning into, uh, you know, a good guy, he remains a Sith Lord and he goes and, uh, you know, goes to Cloud City and, and takes out uh han and 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 chewy and then the return of the jedi episode where he kills luke i think you actually fight luke and kill him uh they like the games have already done it and i think it just sets up so many interesting things right where i think one of the big theories before seven eight nine came out was like well did luke actually fall to the dark side because he failed or you know that that was people were saying that and i thought it was an interesting idea i don't really agree with it because I think I think when you watch that original trilogy, Luke is all about overcoming the odds to stay a good person, right? And if you just turn him into a villain, I think that it would have just wiped the whole aspect of those original movies out of the water. But um, yeah, I think Star Wars is like a perfect setup for that. Like, what if Anakin never turned to the dark side? You know, you could do a whole thing of that or what if what if Qui-Gon didn't die or what if, you know, they killed the emperor and, you know, Vader became the emperor or, you know, th- there's so many things you could do in Star Wars or alternate timelines or separate, like, you know, separate things 
Uh, I I mean, I think I think Star Wars is the perfect setup for that. That's a great point. I mean, you're absolutely right, because I've always said Star Wars, to a large extent, tries to stay out of the original trilogy for their content. Because I don't know if it's like the Holy Grail. It's like you can't touch it. People will be offended. But yeah. I think that's where you could do some really cool things. Kind of like what would have mm-hmm. happened if, um, you know, we saw a different path with what if Leia basically ascended as, uh, you know, the Jedi Master and led the Jedi and did the Academy and things like that. We just haven't seen that. And I think there's so many things that are cool that they could do in Star Wars that I've wanted. Um, mm-hmm. But at, at this point, I'm just really waiting until more things are for me with Star Wars than what largely we're given right now, and that's fine. I just am waiting in the wings for something mm-hmm. cool Star Wars to really I, engender, energize me. And I I like, I like really liked Episode 7 when it came out. I did think it was kind of safe, but I mm-hmm. think you needed I think you needed safe after what happened, the backlash of the prequel trilogy, and you know maybe some of the other things that happened in between there. Uh, so I thought you had to play it safe, but I thought it was re- a really good start to a trilogy and rogue one. And we were like, man, Disney's kind of, kind of nailing it. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I, I liked solo. I know it's not like the greatest star Wars movie. I liked it. It was okay. But like, you could definitely see, especially around episode eight with how divisive it was in solo. Like you're going to recast the character that the character that can't be replaced (laughs) in star Wars fiction. Like, yeah, I mean, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. I don't, you know, I don't know if anybody can really argue that, right? Like Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford embodies that character, but you could recast Indiana Jones, right? That was kind of the idea originally, right? Where they wanted him to be this James Bond style character where like his adventures will continue even if Harrison Ford doesn't want to, right? And that was like the wink and the nod why Sean Connery was his dad, right? Because of his infatuation with James Bond. Uh, But like, Han Solo is like the character and I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan. I don't even care what you really do with Star Wars outside of any of it. Right. But like Harrison Ford embodies Han Solo, his quirks, his mannerisms, his facial expressions, his, you know, talking to Chewie, right. Him. It, it just because I don't know. I, I, I look at the characters that Harrison Ford plays and like. You could recast a lot of those characters and be totally fine. I always said that I always thought Bradley Cooper would probably make a great Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right. I, I, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, it is funny though, Corey, that cause that's the character. He didn't like Han Solo. He doesn't I like know. Star Wars. It was just funny. Cause then it's that's like the ironic thing. Yeah, is he like, doesn't want to play the, that's, that's probably why we never got more movies with him, which is mm-hmm. what my always, my biggest problem with Star Wars. It's just, we got so much wasted years with Star mm-hmm. Wars because Lucas didn't want to do anything and and nobody did anything. And it's like, oh, God, and the characters just and the, the actors just got too old. So it was mm-hmm. just that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, so many wasted opportunities because there's so many cool storylines that they created in the EU, but nobody wanted to put them which, on the screen. So which was actually cool. And like in the Mandalorian, when when Luke showed up and it was actually Mark Hamill with yeah. you know, the face yeah. technology, which like I I didn't think it was as bad as people are saying it was. It's, it wasn't it wasn't. Robert Downey Jr. in in Avengers, right? Good, but it it was it was serviceable for the it Mandalorian. Well. Yeah, 
Uh, that scene, by the way, was so cool. Oh but yeah, that made so many people's year. It was it was so exciting and made me so excited. And and and, and to your point, I, I hope people will be excited and and will allow those characters to be revisited mm-hmm. with other voice actors, with you know maybe uh, well, technology. Because well, it would be a shame if they weren't. That petition was going out that said, "Hey, Sebastian Stan looks just like Mark Hamill, right?" Like, I mean, absolutely. I mean, not exactly, but you, they, that picture was work. floating around and it, you can yeah. make it work like with a little makeup. And, you know, I I don't know, man, I would love to see like Luke. What happens to Luke after Return of the Jedi? Those 20 or 30 years that happen in between mm-hmm. uh, and the, the him starting the Academy. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you fit Princess Leia into it or, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think. uh what's his face did a bad job playing on solo and solo either. Uh, I mean, I just thought I, 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 and I was so excited about a Han solo <laughs> solo film. Cause I'm like, he's the one character that has stories to tell. Right. I just didn't want the Wikipedia version where it's like, remember when I got this thing, I got this thing. I just wanted stories mm-hmm. of him doing cool stuff. Yeah. I didn't need everything explained. That, and I think that's where fan service movie, gets, drives me like, nuts. That's, that's that's where the Disney Plus show should have come in, right? Like, oh yeah, the Han Solo Disney Plus show is where you should have gone, right? And there's still that there's that rumor that they're what was it the the Lando show or whatever that's coming, yeah. right? They announced yeah. the Lando show, which I think it should have been like a Han and Lando show to an extent, uh, but sure. I mean I'm sure he'll be in it, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with these heritage characters. Yeah. Not say you can't touch them, have some cool adventures, have some fun times with them, because almost all of us started our love because of those core characters and not because of the Clone Wars. Right. And the Clone Wars are, are largely a, a younger group of kids, but it was really to 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 make a series of movies that nobody really loved that much. And they were divisive to really build on and, and develop them. And just like we talked about with the MC things, this was mm-hmm. to give these characters some context to say, these actually are good characters, but we have to give show you more than you saw in those, you know, those those six hours on screen with those movies. So I think right. that's where we're going to land with Star Wars, hopefully, versus being tied into more of the same era. I mean, I'm I'm kind of prequeled era out because yeah. they kind of told every story there is to tell. And yes, there's probably more details they can add, but mm-hmm. that's where you do comics and novels and things like that. Yeah. But let's I hit think- on the other eras. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in Star Wars at this point, you either go after episode nine, right? Like like years after episode nine, especially because they just confirmed that like Ray's not really part of their plans for the future at this moment. Uh, I mean, Disney has money, so we'll see. But uh, you either go way far in the future or you go way back in the old Republic. And I know there's doing like their high the acolyte. Stuff right yeah. That, yeah. That, well, the, the high Republic. And then we have the acolyte, which is the only series, which is like that, which is supposed to kind of be the emergence of the, uh, uh, got the, uh, the Sith, which is cool, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. I mean, I, I hope it works, but, yeah. um, we could talk, you know, Corey, we could talk about star Wars. all day. I know. We can and, and, do. We and can I have, have so... a, I have a very unpopular opinion about Star Wars, and, and people hate me for it. But that, you know what? Wait, I, I'm what's just your a guy. unpopular opinion about Star Wars? I hate the prequels. I'm not a fan of the uh, Last Jedi because I felt like it didn't serve anyone any well. Because I think it tried to undo Episode Seven 
then it sets some things in motion. Then they brought back the <laughs> the director yeah. of episode seven into nine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I got to fix this, and I got to do this movie in two hours. Oh crap! Yeah. So it just, I just felt like a, mm-hmm. a, a comedy of errors. Kathleen Kennedy, I, did what she was doing. She reacted to negative content and didn't stick to her guns. So ultimately, mm-hmm. she's the executive. I feel like that has no real throughput. It, from it uh, all starts at the top, standpoint. right? It all starts well, at the and, top. And she was never a creative medium. She was someone that was that they trusted from as an executive standpoint from a mm-hmm. creative side point and then she tried to pivot because of unpopular mm-hmm. opinions and i just think plus, it just it turned to a hot mess plus like i mean no offense to like carrie fisher when she passed away but that taking that scene where she gets sucked out the window in episode eight like that was your chance to like course correct right there right i mean you knew she wasn't coming back for nine Right. That like you could have just said, hey, we're going to delay the movie six months. We're going to do some reshoots. We have to do some rewrites. We're going to change some things. Right. And. There you go. There, There's your there's your out for I mean, for I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything, but that I mean, that's your out. Right. Uh, and then you whatever you want to do with with Luke, you save for the last film now. Right. Because like their plan was to kill off one character in every movie, I guess, apparently. Uh, but and then like. I wish they would have stuck with the Finn storyline too, right? Yeah, Kelly like, Tran. Yeah, there were so many things that just that storyline where they went to the the casino and then they brought mm-hmm. in what's his name, the stuttering guy, and I just felt like mm-hmm. they just didn't know what to do. And Ryan Johnson's a great director, mm-hmm. but he was trying to do something completely different that disrupted the flow, that mm-hmm. sabotaged everything that came over. And it's like I I just think that they should have said if we're going to do something really disruptive with Star Wars, let's not do it. Let's do it with an anthology point. movie. Let's do it with a new series where we can do take Star Wars new places versus or, we're going to piss off everybody or make some people happy. And then the next one. And then JJ's yeah. got to be like, I got to put this thing together and land it in two hours. Yeah. I'm going to make everybody unhappy. And that's exactly what happened. And that's right. why we don't have a Star Wars film. Like until could, Rogue Squadron. I mean, this is a perfect this is a perfect thing yeah. for for a what if thing. Right. Like, obviously, exactly. Finn is a turn, turncoat stormtrooper. Right. He's a turncoat stormtrooper turns into a Jedi. That is a, that was that's absolutely an absolutely amazing yeah. story to tell. Why aren't we telling that story? That's an awesome story to tell. Yeah, which is what which is like when Episode Seven came out. Like that's where I thought they were going. Where like Ray and Finn would become Jedi together, and then obviously Poe would be the Han Solo stand-in. But and right and you kind of saw Ryan Johnson was really focused on the Ray and Kylo relationship, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then I felt like everybody else was kind of just filling space. We had to put them in uh, a situation. Phasma just kind of get ended up being like a Boba Fett two, where she yeah. looks cool but didn't get much to do. And then we yeah, had that's that cool the other character. Thing. That, Phasma yeah. is such a interesting and cool character that they did nothing with. And like, no. like you said, like a Boba Fett character. But even then, like they set her up in the marketing and everything. Like she was going to be some important, you know, villain, and she just she got yeah canned twice <laughs> so yeah and that's i mean that's that's the star wars stuff is really interesting so and we didn't I, even I, hit on we didn't even hit on uh snoke just no that was so weird I, and I, I i i get it people want to take chances and be edgy with star wars and you can it just if you can do it in a way that makes sense but when they were mm-hmm. yeah wow Corey, i, I could go on i could we're, i will be terrible flambade I will be flambéed <laughs> by Mark and Charlie because 
they are more accepting of just everything. And I'm just a little more critical because um, as of right now, Star Wars in a weird space where they are, are passionate about one era, but not really excited about other eras. And we're hopefully that's going to change. So well, that's all I'll say. Least, at least we know I'll never be invited on Holocon Chronicles. <laughs> no, you have some really good takes on it. It just becomes a scenario where Star Wars is very controversial right now. And just mm-hmm. if you are not like accepting of all of the eras, they're kind of considered a hater, which I just think is just silly. But that's okay. It's okay. You can you be a fan either. of. I mean, you can be a fan of something and still be critical. I think that's what makes you a fan, right? I'm, like, I, I, yeah. I think people lose sight of the term fan. Like, it, it comes from the word fanatic. It means you're crazy and and just passionate about about a property. And I think when you're that passionate and that that excited about a property, it's okay to be critical of the things that are bad and excited about the things that are good. You know, I mean, I, th- I think that's okay. Um, like I, I like Star Wars. I'm not the biggest fan, but like I can see what's good and what's bad. I can be critical of what's bad and be excited for things that are good. And I can have controversial takes like as, as controversial as the last Jedi was, there were parts of that movie that I thoroughly enjoyed, you know? Um, so me too. I, I, Ryan Johnson, I think, had some of the coolest, like, lightsaber scenes and some of the coolest, like, uh, battle scenes in space are cool. And that one scene where they use the 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 the, the light speed to do damage was very cool. Mm-hmm. Other parts, I'm just like, okay, not so mm-hmm. good. But I, I, I do want to say, uh, when it comes to, so uh, I'm hopeful for Star Wars in the future. We'll see where that goes. But that's obviously another discussion, uh, another podcast that you can listen to on the Secret Friends Unite Bot Network. But with myself on where I would go with What If, I would go another direction with the Harry Potter franchise. I don't love the um, Fantastic Beasts. Um, and I think a What If could be, what if Harry didn't land where he did with, we have, what is it, the, uh, the, the Broadway show and everything like that. He mm-hmm. becomes an horror. And we get mm-hmm. to see a different part of the Harry Potter universe where he is the one that's investigating crimes of magic and different things. And it's almost like an X-Files or the, that type of like uh, different type of era of Harry Potter, which I think that universe is so lush with cool ideas. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like we're just getting the Fantastic Beast, which is a prequel. Mm-hmm. But we are getting anything forward looking. And there's got to yeah, be something more than Voldemort, revolves around right? this. It still revolves around the same like. Yeah initial characters like Dumbledore, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's the same problem that Star Wars has. There's this vast universe in this vast world to explore and all these probably cool characters or bad guys or villains or like you said, the Aurors is, is a cool idea. But we're sticking, we're still at Hogwarts. We're still... We're obsessed with, with the, that era, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, we can't, we can't get away with, uh, get out of that just mindset of like, Oh well, we gotta follow Dumbledore and see how he gets to be the headmaster at Hogwarts. No, let's let's do something cool. Let's let's go to a different school. Like like what's the what's what's another magic school? Let's follow a set of kids from that school and yeah. see what happens in that. Right? Like Hogwarts isn't the only school, right? They, you see that in the books. Like there's more schools. Like what's happening in like uh uh like I know uh Fantastic Beasts takes place in New York, right? Like What's happening in like 1990s New York or 2000s New York at at this era? Like, where's that school? What does that look like? How does that like do they take the sub like this weird subway to school? Like, I mean, there's so many different things and cool 
unique things, which is why I'm kind of excited for uh, that that uh, Hogwarts Legacy game to yeah. come out because it seems like it's exploring different parts of that universe that we haven't seen before. Even though you know you're at Hogwarts, but like it's different kids, it's different characters, it's different uh, you know teachers and everything. Like it, it's just a different era and a different set of of storytelling that you know that I just think Fantastic Beats. It, my wife likes that universe and she she's like as big of a fan of disney as i am she's like she loves harry potter uh and she actually really loves fantastic beasts but like i'm i'm with you i just i it feels like a cash in to me to be completely honest with you uh in terms of the movie stuff but yeah why why is everybody so stuck on just like oh well that original thing is there let's make sure whatever story we tell kind of revolves back around to that i you're right. Harry Potter is a cool one, though. Like that it's is a cool, a cool. Yeah, it, it does feel like a lot of the time it feels like the 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 dollars and those type of ideas are really constraining the creativity because it's what people are familiar with and it won't cause controversy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am all for when franchises can say, "Let's make chance, let's take chances, let's do something different, and let's defy expectations," because that's mm-hmm. where you really drive the excitement and just mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's something where it's like, we're just cashing in every day. So mm-hmm. I, I will leave it at that because I know that franchise overall is controversial because of the creator, all those things I don't want to talk about today because yeah. I feel like that's the challenge with that, the creators and yeah. the bad people they are versus the mm-hmm. universe they create that people love. And it's just, yeah, I, I, mean, I that's, that. that's something you got to do though, is like separate the art from the creator sometimes. Absolutely. And I mean, because uh, like Harry Potter is a wonderful universe and like I I don't really know the entire thing around JK Rowling or whatever like I know she said some things that probably are terrible things towards trans people right like that that's the controversy right yeah uh, I didn't really go out of my way to look it up I'm just like okay cool someone you know that created something everybody loves said something that everybody hates yeah. now and, and uh, but you you can't deny that Harry Potter is such a just it's it's a staple in time right like it's going to be remembered like Absolutely. lord of the rings or like star wars forever and uh you know it i think that universe is worth exploring outside of what she creates or what she says right and i, I know she has full creative control that's why she went with warner brothers and that's a controversy into itself but i hope i hope um, warner brothers just buys her out and then we can just mm-hmm. get away from it and she can be a dirtbag mm-hmm. person and do what she wants with her own books i that's kind of how i feel with it it's like you know what mm-hmm. if, if you're going to be a horrible person let the people mm-hmm. love it without you being a horrible person and that's where mm-hmm. i'll leave it yeah 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 oh well. i think uh but in terms of like this expanding the universe type thing i've as much as we want it to happen in Harry Potter and Star Wars and all these other things, I, I think I think Marvel and to an extent DC are doing it. They're they're doing it. They're getting away from the characters that people really love. Like, would you imagine like a Wonder Woman movie in like the night like the nineties or whatever? Like no and that movie's been horrible. The, yeah, it's like, okay, well, we get it, but it's I, I don't know. I, I just think they're doing really good and Marvel moving away from Captain America and Iron Man and eventually Thor is going to be really hard to do, but they're doing it right. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they took a huge risk with Guardians of the Galaxy because I guarantee you like 90 percent of the people that saw that movie didn't even know that Guardians of the Galaxy was a thing. I I didn't, you know, I, I'm 
I didn't know they were a thing. That movie, that movie was fun. It was great. And they got the right person to direct the movie. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen the suicide squad yet, but I, from what I hear, it's a James Gunn movie. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that the superhero movie stuff is doing it pretty well. Uh, I would like to see some other risks. So I think so too. And I think these are the options as we see more chances taken, we'll see mm-hmm. more chances taken and we'll see more characters take the throughput. So this is great stuff. And I love this. What if, and I hope other people take this opportunity to see you can take characters, pivot them and really make success. So there you go, guys, that is it for the Thunderdome. The mutants are, I think, satiated with our ideas, so we go from there. And obviously, we would love to hear your thoughts on what franchises or properties you'd like to see the What If uh, treatment done on. So we're going to tell you how you can do that at the end of the show, because we've got B-roll now that does all that stuff. So I leave it to Mark and his awesome voiceover at the end of the show. Uh, But with that, Corey... This has been fantastic. We had some snafus up front. This has worked well. We've had some fun. Uh, and I I hope this won't be the last time that you and I get together and talk about cool stuff, whether it's geek stuff or video games. So with that, though, tell people how they can find you on the Internet. All right. Well, you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter. Uh, you can find all of our shows on BossRush.net. Uh, you can, if you're into video games, we have something for you. If you're into entertainment. Uh, we have something for you. Uh, we, I think we have something like 11 or 12 podcasts now on the network. Uh, and then we have an expansive uh, network of friends that do content with us and for us as well. Uh, you can find me on Nintendo Power Block. Uh, it's our longest running show. Uh, I think it's actually the show that we met on, Todd, at, at the very beginning, even though you know we did Nerds Gone Rogue together for a little bit. But Nintendo Power Block was the first uh show uh, we're coming up on 300 episodes in the, in about 20 weeks or so 30 weeks or so so uh that's that's exciting uh if you're into destiny i host uh, tower casuals the destiny podcast you can come check that out um but yeah you can check out all of our shows on bossrush.net our we got a writing team going on i i, I just want to shout out uh all the great people on the team uh Leron, who hosts our playstation show uh, Crossroads does a fantastic job that's coming up on it. 50 episodes. Uh, Jesse Douglas, who Todd, I know you know Jesse mm-hmm. well, uh, hosts Arsenal X, our Xbox podcast, uh, coming up on 150 episodes Sunday, actually. Uh, Ed does a great job with her Nintendo show. Logan heads up our entertainment department with QList, is our we review seasons of TV shows. Uh, I'm actually on this season reviewing Mighty Ducks, so you can check that out. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a great team we've built and, uh, I'm very excited for the future. Uh, David and Dan are doing a great job with building our website and getting a writing team together. It's, it's been a little overwhelming to be a hundred percent honest, uh, get, getting a, like a real website up and going, I'm sure, you know, from, you know, your website, which is a great website, by the way, I love your guys' website, uh. I have to talk a minute after we record because I want to know what you're doing with your website because it's amazing. Uh, but just shout out to everybody. Celeste getting people in every week to interview. She's like an interviewing machine. Uh, we have a, one, we have an interview every week and I don't know how she does it. So um, just the entire team, just a, a killer team. So bossrush.net, 
You can follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network. Sorry, that was a big, uh, you know, <laughs> worker or like a big plug, but uh, just yeah, proud of my team. They're great. Well, that is fantastic. Corey, once again, I'm glad we got to finally do this. Yes, this thank been... you for inviting me. I, I, When you messaged me, I was like, I got to, because there's so many things going on this week. My, my Our basement flooded. I'm like, oh, God, That's right. I got to <laughs> deal with this. Uh, yep. I'm just like, okay, well, I got to check with my wife. I'm like, okay, I'm free every night this weekend. And I know your schedule is kind of constricted sometimes. And I'm just like, I got to give them options because this, this house got to work. Parents doing parent things you know i know your son does a bunch of extracurricular stuff so i'm glad this worked out finally i love secret friends unite love it awesome well great guys check out Corey. he's doing some cool stuff in the video game realm and obviously expanding every week so check out boss rush uh they are doing some awesome stuff they've got some great people so with that though that is it for secret friends unite episode 338 so with that and without charlie charlie we welcome you back next week so sorry charlie enjoy the week off and we did not stray into video games so i think we we're successful i will tell you be the hero not the villain but Charlie says, does he still, he still says, keep on trucking, right? Keep on and in trucking. a truck and yeah. in a truck. This podcast is part of the secret friends unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more secret friends. Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new discord server or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.